Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 22. Today on Table Talks, we hold the second ever Ryan's Roundtable. We review Lisboa and Summoner Wars, and we go over the top five games released at Essen 2019. We are your hosts. Michael. This is Ryan. And Tim. So, I gotta tell you guys, it's cooling off outside, but in Dual Win Games headquarters, it's starting to heat up. Oh yeah? yeah? Tell me why. So, cool stuff was running that big deal. They had a bunch of games on sale. As so, they typically do, but... Right. So one of them that I picked up was a Steffen Feld game. That was Jorvik. Okay. I think it was like $10. Something along those lines. So something I really couldn't pass up. I mean, you I... You didn't really have a choice. I didn't, yeah, I couldn't not. You had no option. You had right. to get free shipping, so you had to add a couple more games. Yeah, exactly. And... Exactly. So <laughs> I got that on there. I got the expansion for Village, the port... I've been looking into that. Did you have the other one? Yeah. Okay. Yep, the pub. And you just said you've played it with yep. your wife, right? Okay. Yep. And so this one is supposed to make the traveling more um, competitive, I guess is the word. Because before they, I've heard people say that the traveling on the roads going to different villages, that it was actually... It, it almost cost too much to travel, well, and there's no benefit to well, it. It must suck, then. So, no, that's what I did both times I played and <laughs> won. <laughs> yeah, so we won't get into that because you won. But it's supposed to change it up quite a bit and kind okay. of help that out. And I've been looking in, like, the local game shops and, like, anywhere else online. It I think MSRP is, like, 30 bucks for the thing. And I think I got it for, like, $8. Yeah, I noticed Village in my village... It's always, I always see, and Porta Niagara, I always sit down there for like nine bucks yep. or ten bucks, like when they have big sales. Seems like First Martian's another one that's always. Oh, that one's just dirt cheap everywhere. Yeah. Aaron's trying to get me to read the rules for him. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. You're yeah, right. You know how I like Portal Game Rule Books. I know. So I know you can't wait. But, uh, anyways, real quick, I got Undaunted Normandy, two player card. Game, a little tactical on the map, so that should be interesting. A little deck builder. A little deck builder. And then the one that we kicked off game day with was the Imperial Settlers Empires of the North. Okay. It is, yeah. Yep. So what did you think of that one, Michael? I liked it. It wasn't bad. It was, you know, it's a lot of similarities to Imperial Settlers. Now, granted, it's been quite a while since I've played that, but, you know, one of the differences, you didn't have to um, have the... You know, it was a destroy building to have a the foundation foundation yep. for it. So you didn't have to do that. Uh, there's a little more the um, you could raid and go off on some boats and stuff like that that I don't remember being an imperial settler. Yeah, that was different. Some more yeah. interaction so I, stuff with the raiding. Well, so you don't raid other people really. You can. You can, but so you can spend a raise token to basically tap someone's card. So, so they can't use it that round. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Which didn't happen in the entire game. It, it didn't happen. It probably could have. It could. If you're playing but, smart, it probably should. Yeah. And really, we should have. Because Aaron had a card. Yeah, He's getting a few points every time. Yeah, that he could score yeah. yeah, three points each time. And then he had a copy of that card. But I was kind of building towards, you know, what I was building towards, and I had some cards for is to raid 
you know, whatever on that sideboard was, you know, raiding some of those, which right. would get me more points. So I was like, well, I don't want to re- use those raise cards to do his thing. Like, I'm just going to do my thing and leave him alone. So do you still have your common buildings on one side and your nope. own, they're all just one big you just sloop. yep you just have a big uh kind of player area okay. where you're building you have you start the game with three fields at least the three factions that we played with you have your three fields your three basic starting fields and the only cards that you have and that you play are the cards in your deck in your personal deck there's, oh, not, there's no commons there's no common buildings um and then you know like imperial settlers where you can build common buildings on the right and then your empire buildings on the left it's all just a big glob of cards you all still over. have like the production phase you go through no. that or anything you don't get production so that's a little different when you first build a building or when you first build a field i should say you get the production token on there so if you build a forest or something along those lines you're going to get two wood right away but now you actually have to take an action to harvest to get more your okay. fields so that's the biggest difference. There's no production phase. There's the this little rondo. Yeah. Yeah, it's circular thing in the middle of the board and you're using your um your little action pawns, you're putting them out on there and then you're doing actions. So one of them's harvest. Pawns, yeah. Yep, you have two of them. There's harvest, there's uh where you ship, you can build a card for free. Um difference you can get more people. So that's another thing when you spend people on cards, your workers, you don't lose them. They just go to spent a spent worker pool. And then at yeah, the end of the round, you get them back. It makes sense because you don't have the production to get your workers back. And right. Stuff, yep. So do you, uh, is it still like one action at a time yep. on a table and stuff? Okay. Yep. So I take an action, Michael goes, you would go. Yeah, and I like that because that way it's quick play, like action, action, action. Yep. Thing. And then it keeps going until everyone passes. And it's also a race to the finish. So once somebody hits 25 points, you finish out the round, and then you score victory points at the end. So, Are you still drawing, just like randomly drawing cards from your deck? So that... each round you do draw four cards. Yep. But then you have to spend workers to keep a card. So if you want to keep one card, you're going to spend one worker. If you want to spend, yep. if you want to keep three cards, you got to spend three workers. So it's kind of uh, you can yeah. have them, but you got to pay for them. How many cards are in like someone's deck? Like, that like uh, 20, 40, 30, 40, okay. I would guess. Sounds right. Yeah. Multiple copies of some cards. Some of them. Some of the yeah. uh, beefier cards. There's only one copy. So each card has a little. See, dot I worry on about the side. That, Some of the more basic cause... ones are some of the same, but there's probably say there's thirty-five different cards. I mean. 25 of them are probably all different. So yeah. not a lot of doubles, but a few. That part worries me just with someone gets like some of their best cards on the top early. Like right away. Some yeah. other and person Aaron is did sitting get there struggling. One was getting all those points. He bottom. got that right away, that card, which yeah. helped him. Again, I mean, you can do stuff about it you know, with those raised tokens, which we probably should have. Because he was way ahead in points. Now, I did catch up some because I had a lot of end game scoring stuff, but he still won. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe using a few of those raised tokens on that instead would have kept us in the game more. And okay, but I did. I like you say kept us in the game. Yeah, as if I was competitive. Well, <laughs> it, more in the game. <laughs> That's kind of a theme for you. 
yesterday. I mean, besides when Michael was on your team, I hear, and <laughs> you piggybacked off him. Oh, the man. Win. Well, well, can't wait till we get to that. That's, yeah, come on. Jump into be, it. Oh, not yet. So we got Concordia Venus. Yes. We're going to get into that now? Well, I already mentioned it. Do you really want to get into this? Okay, no. All right, let's do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> what do so you want me to a, say? It's a, it's a team game, so it's very much like Concordia. Yep. Um, which I wasn't sure like how close it was, but a lot of the cards are the same. You know, you had you know, even number of players, so we had six people, so three different teams. Tim and I luckily ended up on the same team. Yes. It was it was, it was beautiful. Fate. Yeah, oh, it was yep. it was it's pretty amazing. It was we just, clicked. just so everyone knows here, it's getting pretty disgusting. I want to get this out of the way right away because as soon as they both got here, it's like, oh man, teammate, hey, how you doing? Yeah, oh man, oh geez. So I'm like, yep, let's get this over with. And a vomit. I think he sounds jealous. Yeah, he's he a little jelly. Yeah. A little jelly. So we actually had a full player count of six. So we had three yep. teams of two. Yep. Said. Did he? I didn't even. Yeah, know. I wasn't listening. I was thinking about how <laughs> how great how great it was together. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the cards are the same, but there are some different ones um, where you can... And basically how it works is, say it's my turn, I'll play a card, you know, do the action, and then your teammate does the same action. Um, that keeps, you know, rotating around. There's a few cards where like I can play one that says, all right, you're a, you can tell your the player on your team, suggest a card to them, but they pick then a card to play. So if you don't have the right cards, you want to have your teammate do it, you can do that, or... Just to get rid of more cards, because again, when you get your cards back, when you tribune, you get those coins, just yep. like Concordia. Um, there's a few cards where it's like a half and half action that you can buy. So I got one that was a, a good old beef merc, was half the action, and then architect. So whoever is playing it, say I played it, I would pick if I want to do the merchant or the architect. Mm -hmm. And a few of the cards that were just slightly different. One of them was that was different was you can... I could play it, and I could take a card, basically purchase a card for just the resource on it. I didn't have to play extra, and then, Tim, you would play a card that just you got to do, and I didn't, so instead of playing the same card. Right. But a lot of the other ones were the same actions and that. Yep. And then the, there's a first-player pawn, so that keeps moving around the table, so you kind of keep track. And you always have to sit across from your teammate. Uh, you share... Or you can share coins. So if I was going to build a building, I could basically take coins from my yep. teammate. And I, don't, I can't say no to right. it. I can say, like, well, then we can talk it over. But yeah. I can't stop you from taking it. Yeah, but then the other resources, they're all your own. Yep. And then you score points, and then you tally up your combined score, and that's, who you, like that's that. how you win. Another so. one I, I liked that was a, a different um, kind of scoring thing was... If we each had a building in a region, then you'd score points based on that. So it kind of helped if you were building in the same regions. Yeah. Because I didn't build much. I had the first action of the game, I built a building, and then I didn't. It was three quarters of the way through before I built another building. So See, I only built five, but all five of mine were in the same ones as you had. And you started off building, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out and start building near you, too. And then you just stopped. <laughs> it did. So I think it'd be kind of interesting, instead of totaling the scores, you take both teammates' scores and you take the lower of the two. That way you're kind of balancing between the two. Like, oh, you might take some actions, yeah. you jump out, and then you're trying to actually help your teammate more than helping yourself. I but most played of it, so all the, you know, Johnny's a little behind, but besides that, all 
other five of us were all close. Yeah, like, we were pretty close. I think Amina had like 80, and then, well, before we, when we thought the game was over, um, Aaron had 89, because yep. I had 88. I think you both, you and Marv had 84. Yeah, we tied. Aaron and Marv were on the same team, so they would have been one ahead of us. Yep. Putting the game away, and then uh, well, Tim was the hero. So what happened was, you know, when you fill, when you finish the card row, whoever takes the last card, they get that. The Concordia card mm-hmm. worth seven points. Oh, you forgot to give that out. Yeah. So after we like tallied up the scores, I you know brought the box over and everything was still set up. I'm like, oh wait. I go, who bought the last card? Michael's like, oh, I did. So we won by six. Uh, I don't know if that's really a win though. How is that not a win? Because other people don't know that buying the last card is worth seven points. They might have prioritized. That. No, I did talk about it when we first did the rules. Just did but hand it, it but, out. But no one remembered until after the game was over. Correct. So, uh, so when the, when the game was up, a, we won. It was hundred percent won. won. And was, we just we just had this kinda, connection. It's kind of cheap. Yeah, it, we, it really, we had a connection during this. As Mark would so. say, <laughs> cheap. It wasn't cheap. Nope. It was just a strong That's bond. Cheap. Yeah, we just had this connection. Like, I was like, I want this card to be played, and you would just play it. Yeah, so especially it's like you sad for like Aaron and Marv because you're packing it up. They're like, oh, we won by one, and then all of a sudden, no, you should have heard them. Who bought the last card? Well, it's disheartening what well, no i mean before that when they thought they won yeah they were like just about doing cartwheels around the table <laughs> well that's they're aaron, almost like we are right now ever right. team up and win no exactly but the thing was because michael and i had such a strong bond through that whole game that even johnny was trying to tear it down he was making comments about it oh listen to you guys oh you guys are terrible and just, well, you had to cheat to win, so... We didn't cheat. We we actually no. played by the rules and won. After no one knew that the seven-point card was available. No, everyone then. knew. It was just like, oh, Every, wait. We forgot to add the point. We it forgot wasn't, to add it. It wasn't on the table so everyone could see it. Oh, no, it was sitting was there. there. So just everyone forgot. Yeah. Just didn't, you know, take it, put it in there, and count the So points. the winner was already declared, and then he changed it after it was packed. No, well, that would be you're no kind of stretching here, Ryan. Yeah, you're okay. really, you're really... I'm just saying, to... I'm looking from their perspective and how... Just disheartening it is. It was one of the greatest games ever. It was. Just that <laughs> it was. So it's a 10 on a 10. That, yeah, I was a little bit skeptical about the game going into it. Because like, ah, it's designed as a one-player game. You're basically just doing a two-player, but it was the greatest game of all time. Nice. <laughs> Marv didn't mention any of that. He gave me a little bit of tidbit. He just said that he enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he prefers regular Concordia for sure. That he felt it was just kind of long. Compared to regular Concordia for what it was. So I did feel that it did go long, but I didn't really have a problem with it. I still had a lot of fun playing it, and we won. Well, and a good so thing was, was that every – it wasn't, you know, there's six people, and you wait six people to go. Yeah. There's only two people in between because then – You're then, engaged yeah, the whole so time. So you play a card, and then two players later, I'm going. Right. Yeah, he mentioned that, that you, you are doing – actions on yeah. your teammates turn yeah it's just... not a little thing it's you're doing a full action yeah too. so i think it went longer quote unquote because we had full six and you know when i'm taking a turn then michael's taking his turn as well and then two people later i'm going to take a turn and then so, we're taking a turn round, again. so it's 12 kind of actions right being done so that and then uh i know amina it was her first play of concordia for anything Yep. So, you know, we had a one new person, yeah. One yeah. new person and six people. Went a little long, but still a lot of fun. I really like it. 
I definitely want to try it again. Yeah. As the teams to, before I say whether I like yeah. it better it than base or not. Like, but I, I liked it closer to the one player game than I thought I would. Just because if it's a it's supposed to be one player, I was like, ah, it's gonna feel like it's you know not as good. The two player. It depends part. on how you want. If you want to yeah. play like competitive, or if you want to play like as teams or whatever type mm-hmm. of thing. But I, I liked because you're you're still like you're gonna try to do things that are good for you. But like I was a lot of times was like, well, this is what I'd probably do. And this would be, you know, maybe something that was maybe the second thing I would do a different, a little bit different um, tactics with it. But like, well, that one's going to help out you more, Tim. So I would do yeah. that. So, you know, just kind of, you're playing a little bit different, but you're still, you know, going competitive. And if, you know, if it would have been where, you know, I would have been one point ahead of like the scores for each of us. And you were like, say two points behind Aaron. I could have been like, well, I really won that game, but yeah. Tim dragged me down. <laughs> But it didn't happen. We it, had such a good connection that we didn't have to worry about it. It was really funny seeing the kind of the dynamic of the table when someone would be like, oh, I'm like four coins short. And they look at their partner and their partner's like, just head down. No, no, I need these coins. <laughs> and I, I think I only used one coin from you, if I remember right. Maybe two. Otherwise, we were, that's how well oiled our team was. Yeah. Yep. Just so oiled, you almost got beat by Marv and Aaron. But we didn't. Almost. We won by six. I thought it was going to be more epic, this story. I'll be honest. I'm a little disappointed. It is epic. Well, I thought it was like Marv cheated and he got caught like after the game was oh. over in the middle, like something like that, like a typical. Well, maybe that's why they were so close as it far could as be. points. Could be. Aaron was, they're slipping each other stuff under the table. Yeah, they're like hacky Marv sacking. turned Aaron. Yeah. And so he was <laughs> yep. doing some underhanded things as well. <laughs> so what else you guys got? Well, what do you got? We've been going nuts about two games we played without you. Uh, I think we all played a Feast for Odin. Yep, that was yep, my second, we did. second play. Yep, talking about it a lot recently. For good reason, though. Yeah. It I still, I, it went down for me a tad, I, I got I to admit. What? Yeah, I still really enjoy the game. It's just I don't enjoy that placement on the board, island board stuff. Each time I kind of play it, I get more frustrated with it, I guess. And that's, you know, the main focal point of the game. I really like all the different strategies. I've only done, like, a couple strategies, though. But I like refining those, and then I'll, like, exploring new strategies as time goes with more plays. It's funny that you don't like that strategy, but I think the last few games you've gotten, like, two or three. No, not three. Like, at least two different islands. Gone heavy in that. Right, heavy yeah. in because the aspect I think you don't like. the best part of the or the part that is the best strategy i feel like is getting bonus tiles mm-hmm. and it's like an engine builder so you're getting more bonus tiles you're getting them every single round and whatnot i think i mean no matter what you're going to be covering stuff though you right. can't yeah. do you can't avoid that and not yeah. cover your home board right you know yeah because so. i think i added up as like negative 84 yeah. points or something on your main board mm-hmm. you're gonna have a tough time if you get negative 84 yeah that's <laughs> how so you get income too so so it is very important, but yeah, I still really enjoy it though, and I look forward to playing it again. Um, that's really all I had about it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm still about the same on it. I still really like it. I don't mind the the spatial aspect of it, the whole grid placing yeah, everything it's out. Probably just because I'm bad at it, like mentally figuring out where the pieces go, so it just frustrates me. Maybe I'd hate to yeah. see you when you're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> because I th- you've won like the last few games. Yeah, 
Well, I'm just saying. Like, so you say you're men- bad at it. Well, but... mentally figuring out like. I've got these 15 pieces here. Like, yeah. How do they match up and what? Do I, what? Yeah. That, you know, especially when you're getting those. I don't know if they're called the artifacts or whatever. The kind of those weird, weird shaped, shaped ones. which are really useful because you got those little nooks and crannies you want to fill in. You want to mm-hmm. use as few coins as possible. That's the part that's kind of just irks me. But <laughs> stop getting those. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gone heavy and like get an extra island or anything. The first game, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I didn't think at first. Was like, there's no way I'm even gonna get close to filling this i did but two-thirds of the way through i didn't think i was going to be able to this game it's like well i'm going to go for the ship option since we're not playing that correctly it's a lot easier to get ships Mm -hmm. so i went heavier in that yeah you went shipping and then emigrating a lot you did a lot of emigrating yeah i did a lot of that i didn't do like i didn't use the ships a whole lot actually no which you certainly can like, oh that's yeah you go strategy, like whaling and, and then i did later yeah i basically did all pillaging and raiding i went heavy whaling i do want to do the island thing sometime yeah yeah maybe that'll be my strategy next time maybe not maybe we'll see you definitely could though i'm writing down michael's strategy next time <laughs> if i play with him so i know yep <laughs> a little insider information you may know what I'm going to do, but it's stopping it. That's the thing. Yep. <laughs> so, Ryan. Yeah. We played another new game without you. All right. What do you got? That was One Night Revolution. That's in the... Um, Is that just One Night Ultimate Werewolf in the coup? And, yeah. So I've played it. Well, it's... A little tiny it's bit It's similar. a little different. It's a okay. little different. But you get the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I was in the bathroom, and I came walking back in, and I think Amina was like halfway through the rules explanation. It wasn't actually too far, and she it's like a minute or two, but I guess that is yeah, almost you don't really need to hear Yeah, the, I didn't even catch the first part of it. There's a couple different like, okay. roles that I'm not used to. Let me know. Yep, different type of thing. I'm good to go. Yeah, different roles, and then um, it's a little different because you don't have like an app that you're listening to or a moderator, so... What you do is you see what role you have, and then you know if you're good or bad. So like, or however those yeah, two six, work together. Yeah, there's six the good people, I guess. The blue, there's six of those, and three red. There's but there's three cards in the middle, so you could have theoretically you could have zero people right that are bad, or three of them. Yep, and then so kind of how we started was like the team leader. They would open their eyes first, do their action, say complete the next person would go and then do they would do their action so there's no nothing's in like a set order like one night ultimate it's just World, around but it, just yeah wise. just around the table and then um yeah I, everyone's got a different person like there's a that was the thief where and it depends on which team you're on if you're on the the what well, i can't remember what they're called the blue is the rebels um so you do one action there um but if i was the informant informant it would do something else some of them were the same no yeah. matter which it is so you're maybe switching cards with somebody else or switching with yours you know just some different things that you're doing in it yeah or looking at a card yeah 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 so i didn't realize there was going to be three informants in the game so i was part of the rebellion and i was pretty convinced that we caught marv in a lie because instantly, what did he say? He said something. Um, 
that he looked at Amina's card and she's a spy. But well, I yeah, switched he those started two. as the informant. So like he was trying to lie initially to cover up that he's informant, but then when he found out that you had switched it, he then was, he started telling the truth. And he was trying to lie out of so it. So it looked bad. And, yeah. Because of that. Well, there was another aspect that we found out after. So you were an informant, right? I was you initially and... a rebel, but I I was a thief, so I switched my cards and I switched with Aaron. Okay. He so he was an informant, so I became the informant. But it was Aaron and Johnny. Yeah. They were the other informants. They apparently opened their eyes, saw <laughs> each other, yeah. looked around, and then closed their eyes again. And then apparently Marv opened his eyes. So the whole game was ruined from so, the start. So the whole game, Marv thought, <laughs> thought he, he was the only informant yep. in the game. So Johnny he and was Aaron like, thought it was <laughs> just them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it was just complete chaos. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was bad. Yep. Well, at least it's like a five-minute game, so you don't right. have to worry about yeah. that getting bungled. It's just one of those, because it's a five-minute game, it just kind of turns into one of those, like, you yeah, know, laughable things just laugh about it yeah it was pretty good it was i mean i'd probably i think it was closer to one night than oh yeah the resistance like, the resistance well, yeah, that's one night similar, yeah whatever it's called so i'd, I'd prefer so. one night just because there's more you know characters doing different things in that but a little more variability with it mm-hmm. but still is it, it was good yeah it was cool, cool. so while you guys are playing altiplano me, Aaron, and Marv plucked out Robinson Crusoe. Marv picked it. We played the first scenario. It got blown out. I think we, well, we didn't get blown out, but I think we it wasn't survived that <laughs> through the, I think we died in the ninth or tenth round. We all died. So you had a normal game of Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. Getting blown out. Yep. I, um, I know I heard over, you know, on, on our side here, I remember hearing some talk about maybe, you know, trying to eat some wood or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we didn't. We all died in the same round. Like all three of us died in the night phase because we didn't have any food left. And then uh, it was Marv's first play. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's been way too long since I had played this, especially at a game day. So it was just fun talking back and forth and the stories that happened. And while Marv failed to build his shortcut like three times in a row, there was one round that really killed us. It was probably like round five where me, Aaron, and Marv all went to build something we did different stuff too we didn't like auto succeed so we went for the roll of the dice and all three of us failed and like from there on it was just a slow downfall like just kept falling more and that was more kind behind. of the turning point and just yeah. couldn't catch up it's always the worst because you could see it coming and it's just slowly getting worse and worse and worse and then it just all just holding in. on yeah. as long as you can i've only played that game one time it's oh, awful yeah. um so that is <laughs> awful <laughs> It's a awesome game. It's been a long time since I've played it. I was a little jealous when Marv picked it. So how we do our game day picks, we have two different people that pick. So it happened to be my pick day and Marv's. So when Marv picked Robinson Crusoe, we had six people. It's like, well, we can't play that six. So I Yeah, picked, we split into two groups. Yeah, we split into two groups. We did three and three. Yeah. Unless there's something that you guys both kind of wanted to play with a higher player count, but right, it's typically like with how we Cordy do it. Venus. Yeah. yeah, so I was jealous, but I did have a good time playing Altiplano. Yeah, but it was 
because yeah. I haven't played that since well we demoed it and then I played it one time right away when you got it after that and I haven't played it since so I I definitely like this play you know because before I was like ah, I don't remember exactly how I felt about it but I really liked it um this game I started the game like knowing what I was going to be trying to do and and how to do everything so that helped and mm. made me enjoy it I know I enjoy the game now. yeah yeah it's before I was like I think I like it but I'm not sure how much but yeah, that helped. That was, if you want to hear game. Tim and I's thoughts, Michael, you can listen to a past episode where Oof. we reviewed it. Wow, can I? That's a plug. You sure oh, that's can. awesome. Nice. And I do have the expansion. I just got to read into it. The Traveler? The Traveler. We also played Hanabi. So that was the second time I played that, yeah. which is kind of a game where you put four cards, kind of like Indian head poker or whatever, where you, you can't see them and you're giving each other hints and trying to play out the... Apparently, there's five colors in order, <laughs> which I didn't know until we oh, were three yeah. quarters of the way through the game. So <laughs> I did pick it right at the end of the game night. So it was, made me a little nervous it, trying to well, memory game. Yep. I was also nervous about that, but I thought, you know what? There's four of us. Let's just kind of see how it goes. Worst case, we just get blown out and we just chuckle about it. And we did okay. Yeah. It, I thought we started a little rough with some of the... Some of the hints is like, oh, we got to get some stuff out there, and we're given, you know, hints about a five and fours and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. And I didn't, I don't think I got a single hint on my cards until we were over halfway <laughs> through the game. <laughs> That's because all you had was white, all white cards. I didn't see a white card until I discarded one. I was like, wait, there are white cards in here? <laughs> and I was, like I said, it was two thirds of the way through the game before I realized there was a fifth color because yeah. you guys didn't have a single one because. Apparently, I yeah, I'm you, the only one. You had them on. It made it hard picking. So, well, thanks for the hints, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was fun. I would recommend that game. Yeah, nice, pretty simple game. You gotta try to re- you know remember some stuff, but nice little card game. You got anything else, Ryan? Yeah, the last one I got here is one that uh, Michael taught me. Um, that is Nemo's War Second Edition. Oh, yep. isn't this just a solo game or not? You can play it with, I think, technically up to four. Yes. Oh, really? Okay. In my opinion, yeah, it should really only be played solo. Yeah, I was wondering if you thought that because that's yeah what I got very quickly, and I I kind of thought that was going to be the case when I started playing it, but then once you're very shortly into it, I was like, yeah, this is a one-player game that you. There's it's a no, one-player game. It's yeah, that's all there is to it. It's it's a one-player game. There's no reason to play with more than one. No, if you do a two-player, like I think it would be a decent idea just to start a game, like set it up with two people. Like you could just do it with one person, but like so I could teach you the game maybe. But playing a full game of that is totally worthless. Like play a third of a game. Yeah. But yeah. So it's, what what makes it just a solo game? I mean, you guys played it. So basically, player, you just the whole you're game just doing is actions. yeah, like you're, eight you're, different actions. You you're can doing do. actions. You're each time you're always rolling dice. And you're seeing if you're successful or not. Um, you can basically gamble things. Like you can gamble your crew or Nemo's sanity or whatever you want to call it. It's three or, different tracks that you're Or gambling. the ship. Hull. Like, the ship hull. Ship hull. So you can gamble those things on your dice rolls to help you. And then basically you're seeing if you succeed on your tests or not. So it's solo because you just roll you on just the do dice. All those things. There's no real decision to like. Yeah, how they go to two players 
is basically one person's captain for a while until you fail a test. But basically what you're supposed to do is you have different cards. So like you split up who actually moves the Nemo thing to gamble it or who's spending the thing. Like Yeah, I control the hull of the ship. Michael controls the crew. Uh, when you're the captain, you control Nemo. But all the control is just you move it. Yeah, just you moving the marker down. And then it's, the other person is just rolling it, the there's dice. No, it, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's a one-player game. Yeah. It's not anything besides so that. Why would they market it as to more get than more a, people to buy the Kickstarter? Sure, but I mean, you, I mean, technically, that's like any co-op or solo game. You know, you can always play it with. You can always play any co-op game solo. Typically, you can always play any solo game. Yeah, like that's more than one. I mean, it just doesn't. Yeah, I understand that, but when you say it's one to four players, one player does everything, everyone else just moves a part of the ship? Well, and then it switches. So, like, when I fail, then I, you know, so I was captain, and I fail one of those tests where I'm rolling, well, then it goes to Ryan, he's the captain, does it? So what if you never fail a test? What we did, for that reason, (laughs) is we just, like, well, one round, I would do all the actions, and then it switches where he's the captain. I would do all the stuff the next round. He would... You know, I'd make all the decisions yeah. the second next round. We just switch back and forth that way. Huh. I so, I like the game as a one player. I would never ever play it again to two to four players. Yeah, I was so when we're playing like the first round or two, I'm like I'm sitting there like, how uh, is this almost over? I was like <laughs> ready for it to be done already. And then halfway through, I was kind of like, I had a little bit of fun, though, rolling the dice and making the checks once I, like, understood how the game worked and stuff. I'd probably play it solo once or twice, and then I personally would be done with it. I'm not a very big solo gamer as it is. I like that. Yeah, and there's a ton of the dice rolling, so there's... It's it's an awful lot of dice rolling and tests for me. That's really the whole game, is just you're rolling dice and seeing if you succeed, basically. Yep. I love the the artwork's really cool. I love the box art, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, and we didn't, we weren't really reading the flavor text on it, but like that's all from the the book and everything. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. So like that's, you know, there's a lot of that in there. So that's kind of cool reading mm-hmm. through those and all those, you know, those adventure cards you have. You only have half of them in this. You're only going to see like half of them each time. So you can go through a few games, you know, and still reading new stuff and and stuff. But yeah, so I would say. Check it out solo. Don't ever play with more than one person. Only get it if you're thinking of you know, <laughs> playing a solo game and you like a bunch of dice rolling. And there are four different, like there's Explore, um, as far as your motivate, Nemo's motivation. Goal for the game, basically. Yeah, what so you're trying to do to get more exploring. points. You're doing more, advent, you know, there's a, I think there's one that's anti-imperialism, so you're trying to get the non-warships. There's War, which mm-hmm. you're trying to get the warships. So there's a lot of battling in that, and then... Get the well, other one. The half, three quarters of the game was just battling as it was. Yeah, even if you're not the war one, like that's you're always yeah. just fighting. Two thirds of three quarters of the game. If it's war, it's eighty percent of the game. Do you roll dice when you battle? Yeah, everything's rolling. Everything's like rolled literally dice. everything. <laughs> I, literally, I just thought every be, action you roll dice. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be funny if single they, thing you do is rolling dice. I thought it'd be funny if they had it where everything's rolling dice except for the battling. That's like a card draw or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. That's all I got. But did you like it or not? I know you said you not really. Okay. I I would I wouldn't play it again probably. Hmm. 
I've always kind of been interested in this one. I've I've known it's kind of been a solo game. I've still been interested, but maybe Michael will teach it to me someday. Yeah, I could do it. we're not playing two player, but I could <laughs> I could teach it to you, give you the you know rule book and everything to you can read on your own or something. But yeah, yeah, all said and done, I think I, it's something I would play once or twice by myself, and then I just I'd be done with it. Yeah. Any other uh, recent plays that you guys want to bring up? I ain't got nothing. No. You know what time it is then? Time well, is it? I'm pretty excited. I don't, I don't have new plays, oh, but I oh, got yeah, something weird. Never mind. Just kidding, everybody. Okay. Did you hear that Wendy's Wendy's restaurant oh, yeah, came out that. with the uh, an RPG? RPG. What? You, you can download it for free online. It's um. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Dungeon Master. Uh, what was it called? Dungeon. What was it, the dungeon on Secret Cabal? They were talking about that for like 10, 15 minutes. It was, okay. sounded pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, it's like a full like RPG, like 30-page rule book that you can mm-hmm. go through. Because a lot of people were expecting it when they heard the announcement. They're like, oh, it's just going to be like a little cheap like three-page. Yeah, the, the artwork's pretty good. They went through, actually, the mechanics make sense. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of jokes in there and stuff like... You need to eat Wendy's to like. If you eat other food, you get. I don't know if you get. I was gonna say like, what is like in that. this game? Like, it's is called, going around eating burgers, or it's called the Feast of Legends. Okay. <laughs> it just sounds like a good tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, it really type. was. I was surprised to see something come Especially out, like especially because from like it's a big so like. Cause I would have never thought it would be like. It would be like no. yeah, two-page rule book or something, just some dumb game. But like, but it's like if it's a legit game, but. Going on eating Wendy's, like, <laughs> that could be pretty funny if it's well done. Yeah, right. So, well, do you want to start something even more legendary? I would love to. Oh my God, what? Ryan's Roundtable 2.0. Oh, wow, this is amazing, <laughs> man. How about that segue though? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, how about that accidental segue? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of this was uh, for a contest for City of the Big Shoulders. We took some of the questions that we were asked on our guild. Um, basically, they're qu- short topic questions we wanted to answer on the show, and then they're a perfect fit for Ryan's roundtable. Uh, we didn't use all of them, so that way we got some to use for a future roundtable, possibly, if this goes well. So, the first question we got is Nick VDB 22 asks... What does Nick ask? My friends like playing lighthearted games like Mexican Train and Carcassonne, to name a couple. Because they're easy to set up and learn. How can I present a heavy game with lengthy rules that doesn't overwhelm new players? Any sites, Wildcatters and Lisboa as examples. I I gotta be honest, when you go from Carcassonne to Lisboa, that's like... I don't think you can do that. I think that's the thing, don't do that. Yeah, well, I think so I wouldn't say don't do it. Just not right away. Well, yeah. he might. Don't he's, go He's kind of just those. going, you know, ext- one extreme to the other. Yeah. Right. Not. So I would suggest, though, building, you know, if you got people that are into those lighter games, mm-hmm. build them up to like the next step games. If you're looking at getting people built up to play a game like Lisboa, you want to kind of build that foundation, so to speak, of games. You know, maybe games with the same mechanic, so to speak, you know. Or at least some of the mechanic, not all of them in it, but yeah, right. like one aspect of it. But, yeah. you know, help them start to bridge that gap a little bit. 
Yeah, because if you go straight from like super light to super heavy, they've never played anything in between, they're going to have a terrible time yeah. and their brains are going to melt. And they're probably not going to want to play again. Mine melts the first mine melted the first couple times playing Lisboa. So, well, but that's that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, I I completely agree. You know, take whatever game you want to get them to say it's got some worker placement aspect of it, you know, play some, you know, maybe, you know, you know, light to medium and then gradually work your way and probably, you know, that far of a gap, you're going to have to take a few different steps before you get to that point, working up to the, the real heavy, very detailed, lots right. of stuff going on types of games. Yeah. So I guess I didn't look at it that way. Now what you guys gave is great advice. I looked at it as they primarily like those super light games, but maybe they have played some medium games things like that too that are okay quick easy to set up and learn so i kind of looked at it that way so i would what i would do is find theme or mechanics that they really enjoy Uh, maybe take a game that makes sense thematically and feels intuitive like an example for me is caverna um things make sense you know how you're breeding how you're you know yeah farming um or play something quick um, like Zilkin, Pipeline, maybe not those specifically, but something that plays fast like that. And I would say I would start playing after like a real short overview, just get into the game, give them a brief overview of the rules, don't have them sitting around too long, because if they like easy to set up and learn, just start going. Be prepared to answer a lot of questions during the game. So you got to know the rules thoroughly, maybe offer some advice here and there. Co-ops are good too, like if you're playing Robertson Crusoe or Spirit Island or a different heavier co-op, that way you're playing with them and you can kind of all talk through the game together how everything works. Right. I think the best things you could do though is mechanics they like, theme they like, and something that feels intuitive and makes sense when you're playing the game. That's some good advice. Yeah. And I like the, I especially like the, the co-op, you know, starting with a co-op game as, as a heavy game because that way... I mean, you can still do that with other games, you know, helping them through that as a teaching game, even if it's competitive. It's, you know, one versus, you know, one versus everything here. But, you know, doing the competitive, that where you're actually working on the same team. So, like, you know, they feel like they're accomplishing some things during it, too. As long as they like co-ops. Yeah, you got to find, you know, by playing with them so you kind of know what kind of gamers they are and what they enjoy. It's tough. It isn't easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got to find games that Aaron likes to play. He likes light games and... He does like more heavy games than we give him credit for. Oh yeah, but it's tough. You got to find that right game, and then once they f- you find that game, just then they dive into it, and you just explore and expand from there. You know, right? I think one of the first ones for me personally, for like as far as the group goes, was probably Dominant Species. As far as like a heavy game that everyone seemed to enjoy. Yeah, not just will play, but really like playing even people that don't yeah, typically like that kind of yeah. game. And Yeah, as far as our the majority of our group, I would agree. Mm-hmm. That, that was one that kind of hit. He also threw in a little bonus question for us. Do we get he... bonus points? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He also asked, are card sleeves worth it? Specifically for games with less than 50 cards, which sleeves are good quality and affordable? I would say it depends on the game because if you have a game where you have 50 cards but you hardly use them or you just maybe shuffle them at the start of the game and then put them on the board as you know some type of reference or something that different areas do, 
I would say I wouldn't worry about it. For me personally, when I sleeve a game, it's because it's a deck building game or a card drafting game where you're going to be shuffling your cards a lot. Or handling them a lot. Handling them a lot, passing them around, and you you see a lot more wear and tear on those types of games. So those are the ones that I sleeve. Yep. And as far as what sleeves, I get a lot of the Mayday card sleeves. Mayday or the Fantasy Flight ones are also really good quality. Yeah, I've gotten the Fantasy Flight one. And actually, it was recently that I sleeved a lot of my games. Uh, actually, sleeved most of them. Either ones that don't really require it. I did just because I wanted to, just to, to keep them that. But mm-hmm. some of those games, like you said, you know, Tim, were just kind of sitting out there. Some of the cards you're... You know, shuffle them up once yeah. in the game, just leaving them there, not touching them. Not necessary. You can, but it's not necessary. I will say, though, maybe you have a favorite game where there's Something you're cards in lot. there that you're going to play a lot, or maybe you just want to make sure it's in great condition when, you know, in 10 years when you still want to play it. Then, yeah, go for it. But if yeah. it's a game that you're not going to get out a whole lot and you don't handle the cards that much... Yeah, for me, the game I did first was Mage Knight because it's my favorite game. I played a lot solo, too, so I'm going to play that game a ton, handling the cards a lot. Um, so, you know, and there's certain cards you handle a lot more than others, so I didn't want, you know, certain cards to get more wear on them. So then you notice yeah. that, so you know, yep. like, oh, this is a special card because it doesn't have much wear on it. So, you know, if you're going to use it a lot, it's definitely worth it, um, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I would echo a lot of what you guys already said. Um, basically, I sleeve anything that... I really, really enjoy the game, and you use the card. You're handling the cards a lot. You're tucking them a lot. Things like that. Um, Great Western Trail, Mubasa, Through the Ages. You know, just different things like that. Um, or if it's a game I just really love, like Dominant Species. You don't really handle the cards at all, but I really like that game. You know, it's probably got about 50 cards in the game, and I got yeah. them sleeves. So. Um, I always go with Fantasy Flight. You know, they're thick. They don't rip very easily. They feel good in your hand. It feels beefy when you're sitting there <laughs> holding them. So it's, um, and I think they're affordable. It's probably you get fifty quality sleeves for two, three bucks, something like that. And Ryan, you had actually sent me a a link to there's on Board Game Geek with all most every game, and it has what sleeves. You know, it's. And it's you know it's got the Mayday games you know the Fantasy Light you know lots of others too but it says which sleeves yeah, to a, get for it because there's so many different ones and a lot of them are s- close to the same size so it'll just tell you which ones to get so you know you're looking at like oh those three are almost the exact same size I don't know which ones to use for this so you have, you're not getting ones that don't fit yeah so congratulations Nick our bonus question from you probably got the longest answer out of all of them number two <laughs> we got Mark wants to know. If you could only have two board games available to you to play for the next year, what would they be? Ooh, that's it's a tough one. It is tough. And going off our conversation earlier, and there's not a lot of context. Like, are you on a deserted deserted island? Is it just this year, and then yeah. you can play whatever you want after that? You know, who are you playing with? How many people? I'm gonna answer this based on I can only play two games. I can. Either play solo, I can play with anyone I want to. It's not, and I don't ha- just have to play with those same people every time. Yeah, I don't have my answer yet, but that's how I'm going to answer it. <laughs> okay, I do have two games. What do you got? And with our conversation earlier in recent plays, I'm wondering if you would be my friend after this year. 
<laughs> because A Feast for Odin was one that first popped up. And the other one would be Legendary. I'd be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Why want that? <laughs> Just, uh, so, and the reason is because Feast for Odin, it gives me, in my opinion, a ton of replayability. Actually, I think both games do. But that would be the heavier game of the two, obviously. So I would have that. And then also I would have a game that's lighter, that I really enjoy, that has a lot of replayability. And I can play it solo. So if need be, if I was trapped somewhere and I only had these two games, I could at least play that. So that would be mine. And bonus, okay, I actually have the legendary sleeved. So to go off of our bonus question, oh, that's more than there, fifty yeah. cards too. Are you setting that up, or uh, <laughs> that's more like five hundred cards. I know. But to go off that too, I I don't think I like terraforming Mars enough to sleeve, but it is one where you're constantly using the cards. Yep. I don't sleeve it though because the stack would be about three feet high, like <laughs> the draw stack. Oh, so speaking of that, I sleeved uh, Fury of Dracula. And I had that problem with the locations because they were so big. Yeah, and it was and like just oh, man. flopping and sliding. You got to have a different. If somebody stack, hits the table, it's basically it, like, yeah. two piles yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so we went off the rails. But what yeah, would you yeah. pick, Ryan? What would I? I honestly, I don't know. Uh, it really depends on the context of the question. But going off of what I know, which is nothing, <laughs> I'm gonna pick. I'll second that. Through the ages, with the expansion. Doesn't have to be with expansion either, but that's a good pick. It I've been playing that. I mean, let's say I don't have access to my phone too. I'm definitely picking that because I've been playing that <laughs> all the time lately. It's expansion's awesome. Um, I love it without it, anyways. But I, I, yeah. So honestly, I could play through the ages just countless times. The other one is tough. It's, you know, do I pick a lighter game? Do I pick? Another game that I love. Do I pick a two-player? So I really don't know. You gotta pick one. I think I would go Seven Wonders just with all the expansions, and that way I can just add expansions in and out, and I got something lighter to play. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing solo in there though. I don't really play solo, so I'm okay with. Again, we go back to there's I've, no context. I've played. That. Solo probably just like three games of Mage Knight all the last year. So, so, so you're working on it on solo, <laughs> <laughs> Michael. What are yours? Well, that's going to be one of mine is Mage Knight because you can play it solo. Um, so I can't always do that. And although I haven't played any yet, there are some shorter like Blitz type um, scenarios. So I some I. I only play the longer ones because I like it enough. But you know, if I only have two games, I might want to play that a little shorter too. So I would pick that one. Uh, second one I went through a lot. I probably should pick a little bit of a lighter game, but I'm gonna go through the ages as well, especially because I haven't played the the new leaders um, and wonders yet. I haven't I haven't even really looked at them. Like it's I've criminal. seen what a few of them are, like oh, there's Cleopatra and some things like that. But I haven't looked at what the cards do yet. So I would have a lot of playing that plus exploration still, to do yeah. yeah so if it's starting from right today for the next year yeah so 
I guess I'm not playing any games over four players. So I'm scrapping Seven Wonders. I'll go Great Western Trail. <laughs> <laughs> or Seven Wonders. <laughs> I'll pick Seven Wonders then. I'll pick no, three. No, games. No, Those no, are both no. really good picks. Those are my probably my top five. I pick five games. <laughs> All right. So our next question, Ed says, are paid videos, are paid video reviews worth watching? If it is a paid review, is it truly a review, or is it just a paid infomercial? Will we truly hear any constructive criticism or shortfalls of the game, or are reviewers holding back because they are being paid? He says, it's the 1,000-pound gorilla in the room. Thanks for the podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Well, thanks, Ed. Yeah, first um, off, thanks for those kind words. It's a really tough question to answer, I think, but uh, Tim, what do you think? So... I've been seeing a lot of this pop up in the last probably four or five months online, a lot of like Facebook groups talking about it, different stuff on Twitter or whatever. So my take on it is there's a difference between, well, people say there's paid reviews. I don't know of any examples offhand where people get paid to actually review a game. So I think if that's the case, if somebody starts a review and says, I'm being paid by this company to review this game, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt then and just kind of know that going into it. You, you give them credit. You want to know, like, tell us up front. Like, this, right. they, this was sponsored by this company yeah. or it's a paid review, so that way we know we can use our own judgment. Yeah, they should definitely be up front. So then you you know going into it that, you know, uh, is what they're saying truthful? You, I really hope so. Can you take their word for it if they're being paid? That makes it difficult. So, again, I think when I start a video up on YouTube and I see that it says something about a paid promotion or a paid, you know, review or overview... I just look at it as, okay, they're going to show me the game, they're going to talk about the gameplay, and that's pretty much all I look at. What their opinion is at the very end of the video, if they like the game or didn't like the game, I don't really pay close attention to that. I'm more watching it just to kind of see what's going on. Now, that would that's what kind of brings me back to there's a difference between a paid review and a paid preview because a lot of times you'll see a lot of previews pop up of Kickstarter games that are coming out mm-hmm. or new releases. So I think that would be different because you're just seeing strictly what the game is, what the game's about, and they're not going to give their opinion at the end. They might give a little bit, but again... Yeah, they're not going to give much critical yeah. opinion. And again, because they're being paid, I personally don't read too much into what they're saying as far as like, oh, this reviewer liked that game in that paid preview, I'm going to go check it out. I'm, well, preview yeah. is more just they're going over what the game is, how it works, how it looks, right. the theme, and stuff like that generally. Yep. And I, yeah, I, I just look at it as they're going to explain how the game works. And that's usually what I'm looking for, anyways, is what does the game do? You know, so you can see, see the mechanics and you'll know, see the board, you'll know, see what's done in the game. And even when it's not a paid review, like I'll listen to what people think about it, but just because someone likes it, doesn't mean I'm going to. So, right, you know, they may say like, "Well, this is what I like about it, this, is what I don't." I may not like those things that they like, or I may like things that, like, oh, this game's too heavy and too long. I love those games, so 
that's not going to stop me from getting it. And with a paid review, I, you know, there, I've seen some of those. I kind of just disregard what if they like it or not. Right. Um, you know, they say some things they like, like, well, okay, but they may be being completely honest, not holding anything back. They may be holding back a little bit as far as it probably depends on the reviewer and that. Right. Yeah, so for me, I echo a lot of what you guys said. Um, on the podcast here, we've been given a couple of review copies, City of the Big Shoulders and uh, Escape from Dulce, Secret Unknown Stuff. If you listen to those, you know some of us are really down on those games. We don't mm-hmm. hold back. Now, obviously, we're not paid. Right. They but, sent us the game. Yeah. But we're going to be honest. Um, right. Because so, I feel when I'm watching these paid reviews, if these people are always positive, then I lose. The, for me, I don't pay attention to what critical review they give then. I just pay attention to how the game works, what the game flow is like. Yeah. If they're constructive in their criticism, sometimes they really don't like it. They give what they do and don't like about the game. Then I pay more attention to that. But when it's always yeah. positive all the time, then it just loses credibility yeah. for me. And that's what I think all three of us have tried to do that when we review a game that we try to give the good and the bad of each. You know, even when we reviewed some of my favorite games of all time, I still try to find something that, you know, it might be a negative for somebody. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so when you look at a review, you know, whether it's ours or anyone else's, just because I like or don't like the game doesn't mean you won't. So there's going to be plenty of times where someone gives a review that they really like. It's just not a, a game for you anyways, so... You know, try to focus more. I would say on you know what are the mechanics, what are the, you know some of those things going on in the game, and if you know if you see people that you know you like the same kind of games that they do, that can help. Um, but then take that for a grain of salt when you know somebody's being paid for it. Yeah, and those can I'm sure some of them you know that are paid, they're they're not holding anything back. They are being honest about what they think, but just keep it in, always in the in your in mind. Yeah, it's tough for the reviewer when they're getting paid because they want to keep getting paid copies from their paid from that company because they don't want to lose their income flow but if they're more honest it's going to mean a lot more in the long to the run viewers. to the viewers and probably to that company because you're still talking about their game you're still right. getting the, yep. na- the game out there so yeah it's, it's not easy but i uh, hope that answers it for you ed so the next one we got up is uh melissa asks i would like to know what unique themes you don't see very often you would like to see more of like wingspan you really don't see a lot of bird themed games but i was quite surprised by how much i like it now that i've tried it there is a handful of wine games out there not a lot but there's some so why can't there be any games about cheese i think there was well there's, I mean, there's yeah that one was horrible <laughs> whatever that was there's like cheeseonomics I think that was it. It was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the one you were thinking about back, and I looked at the rating like a while back, and I was like... No, I, well, I don't know if it was ever in a Kickstarter. There was some cheese-making game I remember you mentioned, Maybe and then I game. ended up looking at it. I'm like, oh, I'm glad you didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously, that's, you know, we're in Wisconsin, so that's kind of the big thing here. So why not? And it should go well with a wine-making well, game, yeah, that, you had mentioned. Yeah, yeah so... Let's go together. Yeah, I should expand on that more because, yeah, one thing... There is games that, that have I, cheese making in it, but it's not it's, the game. It's not the game, though. Yeah. You know, like, one thing I really like about 
viticulture is where you age your grapes and you age your wine. So you can easily make some cheese and then you age it in your storehouses. You know, you got to get your ingredients earlier. You got to mix them together and produce them. And Maybe because that would be more of a niche thing to people in Wisconsin. Because yeah, people in Wisconsin love cheese How many because we're awesome. People go to wineries and stuff like that where cheese stuff, it's not as commonly popular. I guess I, I think you say. could do it, though. Well, you could you do it, could. definitely. <laughs> and if it's a good game, it doesn't matter. Well, right. But I think just it's, you know, wineries and that stuff is more the focal point of the world. But cheese is everywhere. Well, I'm not saying cheese isn't everywhere, right? You're waving this cheese flag around. But I am. I'm to me, bang that, that drum. That, if it's a good game, I don't care. But the theme of that doesn't interest me at all. Like, you keep going with the, we both keep talking about viticulture or whatever. Yeah. That just seems more interesting. There's more to it. But there could be a lot to the cheese making. There could be a lot to anything when you get down and, like, if you want to go into the 100% thematic steps of it, yes, there's a ton to anything. Yeah. You certainly could. I'm not <laughs> not that it would be necessarily a draw for me. Yeah. But I'm but it wouldn't you. stop me from playing. I if yeah, there is I'd, a cheese game I'd that would decent. Game out if when it when it hits, it's going to be huge. I'm sure some will hit. Now they will. Yeah, see. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, do you have any uh themes you want to see? Um I've talked about it before, but I want to see there's tons of archaeology games, but I want to a heavier one, one that isn't just like a light filler game. Um, I want some that's got some beefy mechanics to it. It's got some thoughtful play, strategy. Doesn't sound that interesting. <laughs> it might not be, but um, other games that I've played that I really enjoyed the theme on that were kind of quirky and out there were Prodigal's Club. Uh, Last Will is kind of the same thing, but Prodigal's Club, you know, you're Lose all your money, lose all your friends, lose an election, like all that. That was really fun, yeah. getting into it and interesting. Yeah, I, for me, if I enjoy, if I, I'll try the game and if I enjoy it, it just it it's kind of cool. It's like when you go to see a movie and you think it's going to be a bad movie, and that movie it's like, hey, that movie is actually pretty decent. Or that was a really good movie. It it feels more fulfilling or it's more of a surprise, so you're more excited about it. So it's always it's always fun to find that kind of game. Wait till this cheese game hits. You're gonna be like, oh, the theme, and then whoa, it's awesome. Yep, you're really pushing that, aren't you? You like, <laughs> you got one you got design that you're trying to like pedal or oh, something. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you could uh, just start designing a cheese game that way. There's one out there. You maybe could do I, your own paid review of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a paid review if it's for your game? How how's that work? I'd just be constantly talking about it in our recent plays. Yep. <laughs> I don't have a specific theme that I want to see because you know, a lot of the oh, ones... Oh, come on. Well, not a specific one that I want to see, but I like the ones that are they are just very different, You know, some, something very unique that you just don't see. Like you mentioned, you know, Prodigal's Club, something along that lines where it's just something you don't typically think of because I can't think of one because a lot of the ones I like, I, ah, I like space ones. Those are cool and you know, these other types of games, you know, there's there's a wine making game or a beer making game like oh that's cool I like those things yeah, so a lot of times you don't think of it until you play that game that yeah. <laughs> you're like oh that's cool it's different yeah I like that that's kind of how it is for me like I don't have a theme I'm thinking of that I want to play but yeah but yeah just something you know very unique that you don't see out there 
would be kind of fun you know if it's if it's done well because again theme is not something i really look look to a game for like it'll like you know there's these five games and they look all about the same to me i'll i'll play the one that has the theme i like but just something out there so max has got a long one for us all right give it to me i'm strapping in what gives some games staying power versus other games that seem to lose popularity even if they all received similar levels of initial hype and critic praise? Some examples of games that dropped off are Dead of Winter and Time Stories. I rarely hear people recommend them anymore and even hear people talk negatively or sound like they're sick of them. Some games that stick around are something like Scythe, Blood Rage, or even older games like Concordia. I still see them regularly recommended and talked about. So I think the reason those two specific games that he mentions was Time Stories and Dead of Winter, because they rely so heavily on the story aspect. So everyone's hyped when they first get into it because it's it's something new. It's like the new story. Everyone's reading about it or playing through it and once you get through it that first time well, I, like in time stories i think, I think it kind of dies off i think even it was it was more so just a new experience like dead of yeah. winter with the crossroad the, cards yep. um time stories with just how that all worked is completely just new to everybody yep i would say that about a lot of legacy games now there's obviously some exceptions that they came out and they were just bad but, you know, you look at something like Pandemic Legacy, everyone was super hyped about it, and it's kind of died off. I don't really hear a lot of people talking about it a lot. And I think it kind of had the same effect. Everyone was excited about it. Something new, you're opening packages, you're seeing a new story as you play. But then once you get through it, do you really want to replay that? Or can you? Maybe you can't even replay it in some cases yeah, it loses a little bit after a certain point and if right you know if you play a very unique game and then other games copy it well if they're done well and some of these newer games maybe are a little bit better well that's you know some games are going to drop off because there's better alternatives that come out yeah some don't have better alternatives i think that's you know says a lot to the game too is like well there's an issue you know first you know even you know if it's 5 10 15 plays can be fun but eventually it starts losing because maybe not enough variable or just not quite as good of a game. And you just, you don't pick them on that earlier because it, it yeah. gets a little, you know, bo- you know, stale. That's having like played it a lot of times. Dominion it came out. No one had ever done a deck building game like that. And it was all the craze. And then now it's like, there's deck builders left and right. Right. Every other game's a deck builder. So obviously everyone copied that and, put their spin on it or put it as an aspect in the game so some people stick with the original and love it and some people like oh that's trash you know this is way better yeah. so for it's me competition i never liked time stories to begin with so that didn't drop off it was already at the bottom and dead of winter <laughs> i still really like the game i don't get to play it it goes with all co-ops i don't play them as much as i would like to sometimes especially the ones i really do enjoy but um, games that stick around, I think it's just games that it's got fresh gameplay, but it also it's got lasting appeal. Um, it's got a lot of depth to it. It's just a lot of fun to play. The ones he mentioned are Scythe, Blood Rage, Concordia. I think all those 
felt fresh when they came out. I still think there's quite a bit of depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would agree. That's I was going to get into that too. How the games that he mentioned that are still around, there's a lot of replayability in those games that keep it fresh, that keep it keep people coming back. Because each game that you play can feel very different. I think that helps a lot. Where you could do a completely different thing each game. Yeah, will help. Um, so I think that's that's a big part of it. So the last question we got here, it was submitted by me. What? You can do that? Yep. It's Ryan's roundtable. He can do what he wants. Yep. Oh. I didn't enter myself into the contest, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to play a board game to the death. The winner survives. The loser dies. You know your opponent is a gamer, but know nothing besides that. What game would you choose? So... Are you w- just going with a straight luck game and you got a 50 well, 50 shot? Like, you got to think, like, all right, how am I going to approach this? Right. Well, that's what I was going to get into. I'm going to pick a game that has very little luck because. So, what are you picking then? <laughs> Your life is on the line. So, I would hate to yeah. lose my life just because, you know, I can't. Random. I can't roll some dice <laughs> or can't draw the right card. Maybe that's a, a roll of dice is better than your actual skill, though. So it's, you got to factor that in. That's true. So I want to know, Tim, so, what <laughs> game do you think you're the best at? Well, here's the problem that I run into. <laughs> I don't win that often. So I have to think of a game that I'm at least competitive in. Okay. Okay. Do you want to guess? No. No. <laughs> Co-op? <laughs> oh, that a one versus many game <laughs> no so i finally came to my answer and it was dominant species because i don't think i always win i don't think i'm that great at it but i at least feel like i'm competitive so i feel like even if i'm gonna lose i still have a chance okay or at least i might be close so i might you know give myself a little hope Right up to the end. All right. I gave I gave a lot of thought to this. I was like, well, I don't want to make it an, a simple game because I want to take the chance, like, well, maybe this person hasn't played this game. I don't know that, but if they haven't, I want to, like, a big, you know, you know, entry, you know, I don't want to play an entry-level game. I want something that your first play, you don't know what's going on. Please, that way, if they please, haven't played it, boom, I'm going to win that game. Please say Hanabi. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't think co-ops are probably a good one to put on there. <laughs> um, so I want to do that, but like also one that if I have played someone that has had some experience, I can still be competitive with it. I'm having a tough time figuring out which one, though. But I think what I ended up deciding on is going to be through the ages. Because I don't think if you're first play of that, if you've never played it before, <laughs> you're probably going to get crushed. So you're and you're hoping you're basically hoping you're playing somebody that hasn't played it or well that's part of it yeah <laughs> okay. and then you know if I have played it like sometimes I'll play that and not like to use the military too much just kind of avoid it and just hope you know no one you know tasks me like maybe you know flirt that line a little you bit you kind of have to go military yeah, yeah, that we'll game. flirt that a little too close but if I knew it was to the death like all right, I make sure my military's up here so I mean you got to be real aggressive in that game in a to death game oh yeah. That's thing. Like, I, I have no problem using the military. <laughs> yeah, my military is going to be prepared. Like, it may not go super heavy, but I'm not going to get overcome militarily in that one. 
So what a bad way to go. <laughs> Your military. <laughs> Not saying just I'm gonna crumbles. win that, but and you know if if I luck out, someone's never played it before. Boom, easy victory. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm really hoping for. So I'm thought about quite a few games uh, what i ended up deciding on is a game that i've played a lot and i've won every time or almost every time so i feel like i've explored the game type of thing i don't want to pick a game that oh, i've played four times you know and i've won three yeah. times Whoop, yeah those doesn't are mean all anything. out for me there's a lot of games that i've played a lot and i haven't won very much so it's like yep definitely not picking that even though i know the game well i'm not good at it so i ended up deciding on mumbasa Probably played it 30, 40 times. I always do pretty well, so that's what I'm uh, I'm banking on. All right. I had a feeling you were going with a Fister game. Yeah, Great Western Trail is another one I've played a lot, but I don't win that consistently enough. Michael and my wife both beat okay. me quite a bit. I'm better at that when it's more than two players. When it's just two player, I'm probably 50-50 <laughs> on winning. So. Yep. Uh, um, another thing that I thought was like well who's explaining the rules like if I can explain the rules to someone <laughs> I bet I can sabotage that and win so they get so. downloaded kind of like the matrix it just gets downloaded into their brain they know the game they know how to play it really well we'll say oh well then then that whole uh, pick a really heavy game that there's a big you know barrier to entry type stuff you know it's they might have to rethink that. Well, I'm just saying they, they know play the rules to one. the game. They're not just <laughs> flopping around like yeah, not knowing the rules. Yeah. Like, doesn't necessarily mean they're good at it. See, the other one I thought you were gonna pick was Scythe because when we talked about it last time, yeah, I haven't played that. You he, mentioned you were like rooting for me to win, just yeah, so it'd make it more that, interesting. The reason I know the reason he didn't pick that one, and it's because he thinks we're all bad at that. And I think he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only played that maybe 10 times, and I don't feel like I'm that good at it. Where Mombasa, I feel like I know the ins and outs. I know everything about that game and all that, how to do every strategy in the game. So I feel comfortable where if he's going something, I can counter it type of thing. Yeah, with Mom- uh, with uh, Scythe, I've never won that game, but I've never felt like I've played well. The last time I played Mombasa, I felt like I played that really well, and Ryan still beat me. It was close to that game, yeah. but I still lost. So that was a good question sent to us by the Mombasa master. <laughs> well, I'm hoping if my life's on the line, that's what I have. <laughs> so, yeah. Play um, a solo game. <laughs> I think this roundtable went great. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can always go to our board game geek guild. That is Guild three four seven one. Go on there, you know, join in the conversation. Throw some more roundtable questions at us. We always like reading them, even if they're not gaming related. Hit us up. So we do have some more from the the contest that we'll be getting yep. to here. So yep, yeah. So I I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah. So if that wraps up Ryan's roundtable volume two, let's. Uh, I think that's going mer. <laughs> version 2.0 let's move on to our first review Lisboa Lisboa was designed by Vital Lacerda and published by Eagle Griffin Games in 2017 it plays 1 of 4 players in 60 to 120 minutes Lisboa is a competitive game that takes place in Lisbon, the capital of Portugal in 1755 the city suffered a massive earthquake, tsunami and 3 days of fires that nearly destroyed the entire city 
you'll be playing members of nobility that will help to rebuild Lisbon. The game is played over two periods. At the end of the second period, players will tally up end game wigs, which are victory points, and the player with the most wins. During the game, you will be playing a card from your hand to your player board or the game board and then performing actions based on what card you played and where you played it. You may be building stores, opening public buildings, taking decrees for endgame scoring, selling goods, trading with the nobles which offer a variety of actions to pick from. This is a heavy game where all the actions are interconnected and you need to balance your goods, money, income and influence while taking advantage of the ever-changing board state to be the winner of Lisboa. Gentlemen, Lisboa. What kind of production quality is in this package? This production quality is excellent. I would say above excellent. Yeah. I'd it say really incredible, is. really. It's it probably has the best player boards I've ever used in a game. Yeah, it's got the dual layered recessed player boards. Yep. And not only that on the top, but when because you tuck cards in the bottom, they're like grooved in on the bottom. So you can slide your cards into place on the tops and bottoms of the card. And it's just, they fit so perfect. When you slide them in, they hit uh, just... You don't have to, like, lift the board up or try to, like, wedge the card underneath. Yes. And, like, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. It's perfectly with it. Yeah, it's... The cardboard's super thick and... Yep. Super thick cardboard. Player board's super thick. It's yeah. awesome. Artwork's amazing. You know, tool. I love the look of the board and the art in the game. Um, it can look busy at first, kind of. I would I would say yes. Once you yeah. actually play the game, like any game, but once you actually right. start, it, you see what's actually important as far as actions and yeah. whatnot. It's a very it's, complex game, so it would be yeah. tougher not to be and busy just because of all the things and going on. And it's very on. well laid out, and there's reminders you know, on the board and stuff itself. Yeah. Um, the player aid, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information in it, but... It's very important information, so you can, you know, all those different clergy tiles oh, the whole book. and the decrees. So you can look at what each of them are. It's got the numbers, so that's pretty simple, though, so you don't have to be asking every time what they do. I wish maybe the numbers were, like, a little bit bigger or easier to see sometimes. Yeah. I think it's more the decrees. So, I mean, playing it, you get used to but just a little easier to see what Yeah, because sometimes the when I'm, are. you know, the decrees are, you know, if they're on the opposite side, like, i got to stand up and squint a little bit to see what they are because it's so small there, but... Super, super minor. Um, and then the back of the like the first couple games, like you know, it was more asking questions. But you know, by the you know, like the third play, then the back of that play where I could look at that and not have to ask Ryan you so many questions because like okay, I can I can read this better in the yard. I'll make sense now because most everything in the game is on those everything on the game that you need to play is on those player aids. Yeah, I do have one complaint no stickers there's four stickers in the game you got to put them on the uh oh, the resource counters on the resource counter so it's weird some of the stuff in the game is screen printed and then those counters aren't you poor guy so i hate stickers i was real nervous but they did it right where when you put the sticker on the the counter you're putting on it is much bigger than the sticker itself so even if you're terrible at putting them on you know what I mean? It doesn't hang off over the edge. You got to be really bad to not get it on there. Yeah. Like, and it's still probably you got some room for air. But, but that's getting super nitpicky. I yeah. just I don't like stickers. So, but it it's yeah it if it's not the 
best it's close to the best production quality artwork in a game i know yeah for me the the combination of everything it's yeah. the, as far as a game not having miniatures it's the best production quality so, for me did yeah. i also see that right um on the top of the box cover it's like indented on each side so it's easier to grab the top of the box and slide the cover yep. off like yeah, it's just got little, little finger, things like that yeah yeah, knobs yeah, or whatever. yeah just yep just phenomenal and even the insert like it's not i don't think it's game trays i don't think but it's still a really useful insert as far as like a a non-third party insert goes yeah. Yeah, with the game one. Yeah. yeah it's... Mm-hmm. Usually I just pull the inserts out, jump on them, and throw them in the trash in a fit of rage. Yeah, yeah about 49% of them, I do that right away. Another 50% of them, after I use the game a couple times, I get sick of it thrown away, and then there's like 1% that I'll keep. Maybe yeah. 2%. I might be underselling it. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the theme in this puppy? It's kind of a dark theme, in a way, when you really think about it. Like a, as uh, far as Lisbon yes. just getting demolished. You for... can also look at it as rebirth. Because it's can, already but... been demolished, and then you're, then the game starts. Yeah, I'm just saying kind of in general. Mm-hmm. When you look back at it, like, wow, these people must have went through just absolute hell. Yeah, that sounds pretty awful. Yeah. So I actually looked quite a bit into the theme of it. Actually, reading the rule book does a really great job. It's got some historical background in all the pages. It says, like why you're going to the marquee or kind of like the prime minister and how his relationship worked with the king or the church and oh, yeah. things like that. Like when you take uh, clergy tiles, you know, there's when a cardinal moves around, he gets to a certain point, you can actually discard clergy tiles. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing that and you gain wigs, when you do that, you're actually losing favor with the church so you're losing those powers or those abilities you have, but you gain victory points, and those victory points are the marquee. You know, he's putting his, he's backing you, basically. You know, he giving you favor, that type of thing. So that's why you're getting those victory points. Just okay. things like that that kind of explain. When you play the game, you might not understand that, but reading through the rule book, that stuff made sense, and it was really interesting to me. And I think, you know, stepping back a little bit, like what the game is about is in... Lisbon and Lisboa back in what, what year was it? 1755. Yeah. 1755. There was a, you know, huge earthquake off the coast as like 8.59.0 earthquake. So there was an earthquake that damaged a huge part of the city. And then there was a, a huge tsunami that came through. And then because it was 1755, you know, there's all these candles around, they all got knocked over with the earthquake and there was a bunch of fires. So between those three things, like it destroyed 80, I think it was, I was reading up on it, it was like 85% of the buildings in the city were destroyed. You know, 30, 40,000 people were killed. Um, and then that's basically where you're starting the game from is rebuilding them that city. One of the nobles in that that's city that actually that. survived and now you're trying to rebuild yeah. it. It was actually the first, probably stop given all the history of the <laughs> event, but it was like the first... Uh, time they actually started doing like seismic readings and they actually built buildings to help prevent against earthquakes and the, like how they built the foundations really? and the, oh, yeah. because of that happening so i'll admit i looked into the theme of this game <laughs> way less than you two <laughs> 
But with that said, I I would say as for a heavy Euro game, I did feel the theme to it. Like I was rebuilding the city. Like I was sending my little noble guys to court and, you know, doing actions there. You know, there's some things that I did feel that were abstracted. But as a whole, I did feel it once we were getting into it. Yeah. For a game of this weight. For a Euro, too. Yeah. For a Euro. It's very uncommon that it would have this much theme to it. Right. And I think, Ryan, because, you know, especially when you were explaining it the first time I played it, you were, you know, telling me a few of the things about the theme, which helped, too, like, from the rule book. And this wasn't just, like, you telling it from, like, out of history. It was from the rule book thing. So that helps out with it. And then when that was explained, it's like, oh, that makes sense then why I'm doing this because, oh, I'm clearing out this rubble to make room for yeah. it and, and you know using some of that rubble then to you know to get your decrees you can use some of that rubble so you're reusing some of that and that was pretty cool so what kind of sticky meter are we looking at here guys masking tape there that's all i got is just that i'm going with duct tape really okay. it's it's real strong for me a lot of that has to deal with the rule book it yeah i was gonna say gave how much really good thematic explanations it actually made me interested in the theme and go out on my own and look into it so how often would you say that happens ryan very rarely okay (laughs) so that was that was actually a lot of fun you know brought me more into the game so let's get into the gameplay here and uh what are you guys thinking so there were a number of things that i did enjoy in the game for the most part i always like games where you're you're building buildings and then you're getting kind of a payoff from that and you do see it in this as well where you're building buildings out into the town square. You can do the public buildings that'll help score victory points, and then you're generating resources from those buildings. So I like that. Um, There's a lot going on in this game as well, which could be a positive and a negative, I feel. So like you mentioned earlier, Ryan, that the board seems busy when you first get into it. And that's exactly how I felt. When I first saw this game on the table, I had no idea where I could take actions, what I could do. And yeah, my first play, I liked it less than, you know, the more recent plays that I had because of that reason, because I felt like there was a big hurdle to get into it. Uh, But once you start to learn the game, you understand how the card play works as far as when you're what you can do with your cards if you're going to tuck a card take the actions from there or if you're going to play a card one of the noble cards and kind of how those work uh and i think i mentioned it too when we talked about it in our recent plays a few episodes ago when we first played lisboa i got really frustrated at the end of the game because i felt like i didn't have the right cards because I wasn't keeping myself, it was more self-induced, but I didn't have the right cards for the actions that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that was my fault, but I also kind of felt that a little bit in some of my more recent plays, not as far as the cards go, but as far as feeling like my last few turns of the game almost feel, I don't know if I, I don't want to say scripted, but... I felt like I had a lot less options towards the end of the game because things were kind of winding down. A lot of the buildings were being built. Public buildings were taken off the board. Couldn't get as much done at the end as you wanted. What were you trying to do? So 
I think specifically, um, it it eventually boils down to my least favorite part of the game was the influence track. Okay. So because a lot of the actions you take will use influence, but there's only two ways to really get influence in the game. So Ryan, you and I played a two-player game, and I was pretty much out of influence. The only way I could get influence again was either buying a ship, but they were bought up pretty quick. I bought one ship, and I think you bought the other three pretty quickly. So that was off the board. I couldn't buy any more ships. And then all I could do was move the clergy, the bishop around to get the clergy tiles to trigger that. But I actually got to a point where I I had four clergy tiles, and I couldn't move. You can't take the action. Yeah, I can't take the action. So I'm sitting at zero influence. I can't do either of the two ways to get influence. So it's like... Yeah, the, mm. you can build... When you build those stores, you, the second store you build, you can uncover stores. You can go with you spend money as influence. So you could have just done that. Yeah, but then it comes down to, well... The reason I'm trying to save up my influence and my money is because I'm trying to build more stores or whatever I was trying to do. I don't quite remember. But that's, I think, why that took a hit on my later plays. I still okay. I still enjoyed it, but I felt like it was like, oh, I can't do anything that I want to do because I just couldn't get influence. I can't spend any more influence. And... I, I kind of wish that was done differently, in my opinion. But otherwise, other than that, I like the card play. Once I got used to it and understood it, I like the buildings, like I said. I like the that you can get the boats and then you can sell your goods. Or, you know, you can sell your goods on different ships, score points and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot going on in the game. And I've been kind of rambling now. But, uh, yeah. Probably going to have a lot of rambling going on. Um, I know. So I wanted to kind of set the tone. Get your rambling in. And then you guys can go nuts, and I'll sit back. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's kind of my take on the game. So I'm going to be doing a lot of foreshadowing here. But (laughs) I only have one negative for me. Okay. Besides the stickers. So two negatives, really. Well. (laughs) Not a big negative with it. My one negative, which is a very tiny negative, and it's my own fault. Is the last time me and Michael played, I thought I was gonna win, or I thought I, th- I wasn't sure. <laughs> so he had a clergy tile that like helped him for getting the majority of officials or whatever at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, counted so, for extra. Yeah, so I like planned out my last three actions. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. Unless he can somehow get, I think he can get about twenty points with his. Um, taking decrees i don't think he can get like 30 or 40 and then like right after i took my last action i looked over i saw his clergy tile and i'm like oh crap you know that's <laughs> so he's gonna get the 15 i'm gonna get the five but a minute after the game i was like you know it's my own fault i'm over it but <laughs> his one negative about the gameplay is that he lost that one game <laughs> well i lost more than one you... yeah but that specific one <laughs> that was just like <sighs> Wish I had looked at it. So that that just tells you I really don't have anything. So like what a five point five you're gonna give it then? <laughs> I don't really you know, have anything negative about the I game. I would I would agree with you because I've been blown out every game. So yeah, it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> But that's the truth. Yeah. I'm terrible at this game. But I, I really like the 
the game. I love that everything has so many options. Like the cards do very you know different things. Um, you know, each card you can you know use the card action. You can slide under for extra bonuses and that, or to get influence. Um, the actions you can do actions in like if you want to build a building, you can do it in three different ways. You could play a noble card. You could play a treasury card that has the build action. You can you can follow someone else's build action. So it's less about you know what you want to do. It's how do you want to do it and which way you're going to do it. But nothing is simple. It's not just like oh I'm going to go to this spot and and build something. It's like there's a lot of parts with it because you got to you know spend money, spend influence, you know, and then you got to well you build the building. Well now you probably want to do a. Um, well, you have a what lot of decisions called? with you got which bonus do you want to take, which oh, yeah. rubble cube do you want to take. Yeah, what street, you know, based on what it's producing, you know, are there those public buildings on it so that if you build where there's a public building already, well, then you get those points. Yeah. Um, or maybe there isn't one yet. Uh, do you think you're going to be able to build it? Or or maybe there's not one on there, like, so you're not going to get those points. So there's just based on where you build that building, there's six things you have to take into account. So, I mean, that's part of what you said, Tim, where like, there's a huge barrier to entry with this game. You know, that first game was like, kind of want to build something how do i do this and not really making like a lot of fun like i don't know what's best i'm just going to put it here just because whatever but once you play it a few times you start getting that down and then then the really you know game really came to life for me is after a couple plays and like now i i get it you know a decent idea of how to play so all those just different choices different options different ways to play is pretty great yeah, like each game plays out differently. You know, one game there's tons of public buildings. One game there's tons of stores. Different game. The last time you and me played, Tim, I went bananas for like the shipping mm-hmm. and getting points that way. I had a clergy tile that worked with that, so that really boosted me up. I like the special abilities. You got special abilities with your tucked treasury cards. You got your clergy tiles. You got your uncovered houses, and you can you can pick what ones you want um and sometimes that might help formulate your strategy based on what you get or what you're trying to go for in the game i think really though it's a super tactical game Uh, you got to react to the other players in the board state you got to pay attention to what other people are doing what other people have so i like that interaction in this game a lot where you can't just put your head down and not pay attention to what your opponents are doing you got to see what they have what they're capable of what action they might take so you can also follow that action if they do visit a noble or you might play a treasury card so they can't follow you if they do are able to. The card play is awesome in this game. I think for me it rivals or might even be better than War of the Ring, the card play, where you got dual-use cards. There's so many things you can do with those cards or ways you can play them, you know, to the treasury, noble court, tuck them. I really enjoy all the options that you have with the cards, and at the end of your turn you're drawing a card. There's... A face-up card from each noble and a treasury card, so it's not like it's random. You get to pick what you want, and there's one face-up until the end of the period, or until the, they run out. Until they yeah. run out, but you always have like I really need the builder card, so you grab that, or maybe you take the card for the really nice tuck benefit that it gives you when you take the card. You're getting out of hand. What you're saying it rivals. War of the Ring, the card is, play. As far as the card play, yeah, for me. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I don't like War of the Ring as much as you do, Ryan, but you know, 
I'm just surprised. I knew you liked this game. The card play. I just didn't think I was going to hear something like that. <laughs> the dice don't rival the dice in War of the Ring because <laughs> there are none. But the card yeah, play yeah, got me there. I think the card play is it's probably better, but it's fantastic in this game. How does the card play in this compare to something like Mombasa? It's a different. I know it's a different style of card play, but I don't know. It's depends on what you enjoy. A lot of people are going to enjoy this card play I, a lot. I'm more. asking you, Ryan. Mombasa is more is very unique to me, so I probably do like that more than this. Okay. Um, when you combo how the card play works with the bookkeeping track, that blows oh, yeah, it, that blows it out of the water. Up. It blows us away for, for me, for the card play. But it's very, very different. They're not yeah, similar, really. No. Even in they just it's similar in that they both have cards. But. Yeah, but Mombasa does it in a real. I mean, it's similar in Blackout, but they do it in such unique ways that yeah. I, I hope more games copy that and use the card play and how that works. So back to Lisboa. Which game are we reviewing again? <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's pretty much what I have. Uh, you know, you gotta be wary. Cons for a lot of people are it's a heavy game, it's tough to grasp the rules. And remember all the little things, your little special abilities, um, all the little things that you can do with the card. When I tuck the card up top, what can I do again? Okay, I can you know, I can sell goods or I can trade with the nobles. You can't do both, you gotta do one or the other. Um mm-hmm. just you know, your first thi- couple plays, there's a lot of asking you, like, all right, how do I get this thing? Or, all right, so I did this. Now I got to pay what? Do I pay money? Do I pay influence? But, like, it's one of those, like, it takes a couple plays to get really get going, you know, and feel like you're doing anything. Um, but, and I, I love the, you know, there's you know, a couple, you know, you can, you know, decide if you want to play a noble, and then you get that extra bonus action, but people can follow you. You can play your or a treasury card where you don't get a bonus, but then people can follow or can't can follow you. Then um, you know whether you're paying influence or money, and and you're looking at what other people have too. Can people follow me? You know, do they have the stuff to really do it? So there's a lot going on, and I think it's very balanced as well as far as you know. I know Aaron that game did really well by going for it. He got a lot ton of decree cards, um, and. And lots of money. <laughs> I think I think each game, yeah, it's always going to be different. What you know works well, and it just depends on what other people yeah. are and doing. I've had times where like, that. well, I'm going to build here, but then all of a sudden someone puts out a a different um, public building. So, well, now I don't want to go there because I'm not going to get those points. Or let me move over here so I can get that the bonus four points for building in this spot. So, it's very tactical in that way because something will come up and you got to change what you're. Yeah. your plan is a lot or a different like oh some decree cards are up there that really helped me so i got to get those now versus building something i think the, the last thing for me that i got to say is a pro and con for people uh, for me it's a pro i could definitely see it being a con for some people is the game can be very punishing what i like about i do like punishing games but what i really like about this one is it's on you when it's punishing it's you weren't paying attention. You weren't. You can see where you should have improved or done things better. Um, some people could find that frustrating. Some people enjoy that, and the onus is on them. But that's just something to be wary of too. That could be something you really enjoy or don't like. So, are you guys ready for some final ratings? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. What do you got? So. To kind of go off of what you just talked about, 
with it being so punishing and it's on you, I felt that a lot. <laughs> no, like seriously, I felt that as a con because. Oh, as a con, okay. As a yeah, well, because I was doing so poorly every time we played, and you know, there's a lot going on in the game which I do like, but at times I almost felt like there was like almost too much, because it was you got to reference okay. Do you have enough influence to do this action? Yes or no? Okay. If you do, can I pay for my goods? And then I got to look to see forget where. Forget about the treasury. You and then pay treasury for that. track. Yeah. I got to pay for that. And I got to kind of see what rubble tiles are in the way, where I'm going to put buildings. Mm-hmm. So it's for me, it's a game that I did. I like playing it, but I it's not something that I'm going to want to seek out or play very often. You know, if I play it a couple times a year, awesome that's that's where i'm going to be at but i do see it as a game with the more people play it the more rewarding it can be so it's kind of in that middling i don't really want to play it that much but i'd still you know i don't know it's kind of a weird thing i guess yeah, where, i mean it is one where if you play it more you'll get better at it so then you won't feel like you're you're not doing right. Yeah. But I'm so like, maybe Ooh. you might enjoy it more, but all at the same point, maybe you might enjoy it less because you just get more frustrated. Right. With it. So it's that's why I'm saying it's kind of one of those games where if I played a couple times a year, great. If not, I guess I'm fine with it too. But yeah, and that's kind of getting me to my rating of like seven point five. So mm-hmm. a game that I did like, I had fun with it. Uh, you know, people that like those super heavy games, the where there's a lot going on, where you have to kind of reference your little player aid quite a bit. You know, people that like that, that like the deep strategy, punishing games, they're going to like this game. If you don't like that kind of stuff, you're not going to be into this game. So, yeah, and the the biggest negatives for me are, you know, not for me necessarily, but you know that it can be negative is that big learning curve. That first game, I was like barely even knowing what can do and just kind of muddling through the game you know asking a ton of questions and that which with that super heavy game like that you know that's that's to be expected that's fine second game I felt a little bit better about knowing some of the stuff but still a ton of questions not really having much of a strategy for it by the third game then I felt like well I'm doing decent not necessarily really good but I feel like I'm starting to get it and I think the more I play it the you know play a few more games and feel you know like now I'm doing well in it, and like those are my most satisfying types of games, most rewarding games, when it's something that's you know, very complex. All these different cards do many different things. There's many different ways to build and do these things. So, you know, just trying to you know optimize all that and and playing well, I think that's those are really rewarding. So, really like the game, and I'm gonna give it a solid nine point zero. So you've been listening. You obviously know how I feel about it. I think it's a beautiful 5.5. game with a excellent web of mechanics and theme and the presentation of the game. Michael, you hit it. Uh, 9.5, It's probably should be a 10. I just need to play it some more. So, yeah, it's a great game in my eyes. After playing this, did it make you look into more Vitelliserta games? Oh, instantly after the yes. playing it the first time. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out which one I get next. So I'm I'm more pumped about uh On Mars. Getting on Mars yep. now and looked more into some of those other games. I always had a real high interest in Kanban, but I had heard 
quite a while ago that they're going to be Eagle was going to get the rights and give it the treatment that they do. Yeah. With, and that's coming out Kickstarter next year, but but yeah, uh, they got a wine making. He's got a wine making game too, yeah, so know, it could Vino's, be up your alley. That's why I was, it's not uh, cheese though. Yeah, well, maybe he'll come up with a cheese game next. Yep, uh, email him. Yeah, give him some <laughs> ideas. <laughs> he does the th- heavy thematic one, so maybe yeah, maybe he'd get a, a really yeah. heavy thematic cheese making game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that was Lisboa. Should we move on to our next review? Yeah. Our next review of Summoner Wars. Let's do it. Yeah. Summoner Wars was designed by Colby Dotch and published by Plaid Hat Games in 2009. It plays two to four players, but really it should be a two-player only game. It plays in 30 to 60 minutes. In Summoner Wars, players are battling head-to-head to defeat their opponent's summoner to achieve victory. You will be playing with cards on a battle map grid. At the start of the game, you can use a preset deck for your summoner, or you can deck build and mix in different common and powerful champion units to help defeat your foe. On your turn, you will be drawing to a hand of five cards. Then you may summon units from your hand onto the board adjacent to a wall spending magic points. You are then allowed to move up to three units and attack with up to three units. To finish your turn, you may build magic, taking cards from your hand and putting them face down on your magic pile. You need to be carefully managing the economy of the game, magic, as that is what will allow you to bring reinforcements to the battle. Each faction and summoner plays in unique ways, depending on the events and special abilities they have. So you need to take advantage of those benefits to destroy your opponent's summoner and win the game. So I'm putting Summoner Wars on the table. What are you guys seeing for component quality? So it's a tough one to answer because there's a lot of different versions of it. I have the Alliances Master Set where you can fit all the cards for the game in the box. And originally, all the expansions. Originally the game came out, it was in a little tiny box. It had a little folded paper mat. Mm-hmm. It was creased all over the place. And then they came out with a Master Set that had... a a regular game board. So we're going to be talking about the component quality in alliances. Yeah, so if I'm looking at the components and the art in the alliance set, I'm looking at something pretty pretty good looking. I like the the look of the board. If I remember right, it came with like a neoprene mat mm-hmm. too. Um, so not that the art on the map is over the top. It's just kind of a grid that you're sliding your cards around. Yeah. Uh, but where the the component and art quality comes through is in those cards. The the different art for the summoners, the different units, all of that. I really I really like that. I like kind of flipping through and seeing all that. And I think the art in the later cards are much much better than the art in the earlier ones. Yeah, it's been so long since I've looked at all those. Yeah, I don't know which ones are. Like okay. that, if maybe a couple of the ones that are older, but right, I didn't true. really start playing this until most of the factions were out in that. So, but yeah, some are some is better than others, but you know it's all yeah, most is all pretty pretty decent. And that, that it's not like the greatest thing ever to me at least, but it's just pretty decent, solid huh? there. There's a lot of variety. Yeah, I like the art on the cards a lot, especially in the later um, factions and summoners and things like that. The sleeves are really nice. Um, those are made for the game, Summoner yeah. Wars sleeves. So that's, I got those. You know, it doesn't come with the game or anything, but those are super solid. But yeah, let's move on to the, so I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's great. I think it's poor yep. quality. I agree. It's not Lisboa quality. No, no it, yeah, it serves well, its that's, purpose. That's not fair. <laughs> so 
thematically, how's it grabbing you? So you're asking if I feel like a summoner playing creatures and moving stuff on the board? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I say it's there. Um, you know, it, I think what it does well is it makes you feel like you're playing kind of a tactical two-player little miniatures game, but with cards, basically, because you have your units as cards mm -hmm. sliding around. And I think it comes through pretty well. Each each uh, faction does feel very different. Like if you're the, you know, you have all these different, you know, if you're the Phoenix Elves versus if you're the, um, the what is it, the Jungle... The Tundra Orcs. The Dun Jungle Elves. Jungle Elves or the... Jungle yeah. Tundra Orcs. Well, I said Tundra Orcs, <laughs> yeah, I but he was... Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, so there's, you know, all these different, you know, they feel very different. Like, so you're not going to feel the same way with the, the Deep Dwarves that you do with the Phoenix Elves. Like, they're not going to seem similar, you know, so that I like as far as yeah, each, feel each the theme a little faction bit. faction has yeah. their own thematic flavor. Um, yeah, I would agree with you guys. Um, it's kind of like when you're walking through a cemetery and, like, a zombie hand comes out of the dirt <laughs> and grabs your pant leg, but then you got to, like, kind of just shake your leg around, uh, brush it off. That's how I feel. So it's... Yeah, that happens a lot to me, so yeah. it's, I get that feeling, yeah. <laughs> so... While it's not super thematic, it, it's yeah. there, but I can easily shake it off, too, <laughs> and not notice it. So, getting on to the gameplay, what do you feel when you're playing this game, Tim? What do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? When I play Summoner Wars, I feel a lot of joy. I enjoy this game quite a bit. Does it make your extremities tingle? <laughs> <laughs> that was a yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, my biggest negative would be uh, the dice rolling. So, the combat is you're rolling dice to see if you're going to hit. Now, there's a lot of things in the game that help mitigate that, which is great. You know, maybe you could, pl uh, depending on what unit you're using, maybe they're easier to hit with, or maybe they're harder to hit with, but they do more damage. So there's a lot of things kind of going into it. Um, it is kind of a lighter style game. I don't want to say it's light, but it it kind of is. It's It plays quickly. So it's not like if you can't roll, it's not like you're sitting there just getting pounded on for two hours. So that helps it that it's lighter style. Now, it's, <clears throat> now some of the units do auto damage. Would you prefer that? No. Over the dice rolling? No, okay. I wouldn't. Because it's so more exciting doing the dice it, rolling. It is. And because I say it's a negative, I don't really see it as a huge negative because there's so many different units that do different things. And like you said, Ryan, it is exciting. So it's a light negative. Okay. I was, just, I was just wondering. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the only time I've not had fun with the game is when I'm rolling bad. Like, Constantly rolling Constantly. bad, especially in like critical moments. Right, but <laughs> I think Aaron would have. I think you and Aaron are playing once. Yeah, had, I think it was two or three. I think it was two dice. He had to roll. He had to roll one hit. Yeah. to kill your summoner, and he got two ones. Yeah, he just could not hit so at all. A three through a six is a hit in the game, so mm -hmm. you got you know sixty six percent chance to hit each right. time. So, you know, know that going into a game like this, if you don't like luck based games, you're not you're probably not going to like this. Yeah. Typically the person who plays 
better will win, but not always. Yeah. You know, you never know. So with that negative aside, my positives, I really love the replayability of this. There's so many cards in that box, especially like Ryan, you have all of the summoners, the second yeah, summoners. Everything for the game. Yeah, the master set, the alliance set. So you can mix and match stuff. This would be one of those games where you could, if you only had this game to play for a year, yeah, I, mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm going back and saying, this <laughs> This is going to be my second game. I'm going to keep flip-flopping on what my second pick is. But this would be an excellent pick for that because there's so much stuff in that box. Yeah. There's yeah. so many. Yeah. Even in with one faction, I mean, you have a bunch of different champions to choose from. You choose three of them, mm -hmm. you know. And the commons, I mean, there's, I don't know how many different, just yeah. like 12, you know, yeah, like nine of nine them. But you pick you know, 18 so. of them. But you can have different combinations of them, different champions. That's all within one faction. And then there's all these different factions yeah, that you have, two. Two summoners for every faction. And they have their own distinct feel, even with their events and their special ability, too. So that is even yep. more replayability. So one thing that I do like a lot is your magic pile. To get cards into that pile, you can knock out your opponent's cards to put them in that pile. Or even your own. Or you can discard your own. Well, you could even take out your own. Oh, that's right. Too, yep. which so I do if, sometimes if my, like the last game we played, I did it yeah, once or twice. We're so that I super weak, it. so you don't get it and I get it. Yeah. So I really like how that works because especially like you have a big champion in your hand. that might cost you nine magic points. So do you start discarding some of your other cards to build that up? But then you're running through your deck faster yeah. and you have less units. So there's a lot of kind of tactical things to think about when you're trying to build that magic yeah, pile up. Really I love that. you got to yeah, like manage you, that yeah. magic really well. Because when do those, you know, the events, all, are they all coming out at the same time? Or maybe you get two, three champions in at one time, like, well, you're not going to be able to use them all. There's no way. So you got to, you know, make those, that's where the real game is to me is deciding what stuff, you know, what to use, you know, what to discard to use as magic. Like that's really the crux of the game is making those decisions even more so than, you know, moving, attacking and, and all those types of things, you know, which ones you want to use and when. Yeah. It's always a little sad. You don't want to build magic with your cards. Cause like, oh, I want to put the unit out or play the event. But at the same time, it's like, you got to build that magic to you get, you can't do anything. Yeah. And then it's always at the end of the game if you manage it poorly and you got like four units in your hand or something yeah. or something no magic or you got just like a stack of twelve magic and nothing that you could no units you could bring out you're like, damn it yeah you well, just that was dumb. yeah you know you guys mentioned the customization I love I like the fact that Tim you haven't played the game or you just don't feel like deck build or building a faction today you can take a preset deck and that deck is just as good as one as i can build you know they're super they're good you know they're yeah. real strong and yep. powerful um or you can just do one that suits more to your play style or you want to experiment a little bit um i like that it's smooth and easy to play and learn there's fun combos to pull off with like the card play and the events you can do a lot of sneaky things too. The one faction has a, the ratty annoying event, the little abolish thing. So there's the little cancel card. I'm not <laughs> not big on that, but yeah, that gets to one of my. You know, can be a negative is if you're playing a game you know, for the first time, you may not know what a different faction does. So then it it can be a good idea then, like if you've played a lot, playing against someone who hasn't, like, well, here's some of my cards. Here's ones you should know that I I have. 
that I could use. Yeah. It typically just so I'll, that you know. If someone doesn't know the faction, I'll let them read through my event cards so they know what I have and how many of each copy. Yeah, because that can get annoying. Like, are right, you doing all these things and like they do something that like you had no idea that they could even do that? That would be an annoying thing to have happen. Like, oh. Well, that that sucks. I I didn't know I had to guard against that. Right. But then if you see those cards, you know you can then you can kind of do even if it's your first play. If you know that's there, eh, you may not win, but like you can at least prepare for it and that and, and do things. I will say I've always had a ton of fun when I've played the game. We actually even started our own like league for <laughs> yep. probably six months or so. Yep. Where we're just playing it nonstop. Probably overplayed it, but yeah. it still was always fun. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we definitely overplayed it. But I remember uh, Aldem, <laughs> he was so determined to beat my jungle elves with his <laughs> phoenix elves. I probably played 30 times just that matchup alone. <laughs> he basically wanted to play until he beat me with both of his phoenix elves summoners. Did he do it? <laughs> he ended up doing it, but I was like... <laughs> I love the jungle elves. Yeah. So last time me and Michael, I, I just like the you know with them typically you're playing with a lot of movement, a lot of trickery, um, a lot of animals. Yeah. Yep. And I have that faction really just sings to me. I like the theme of them. Um, I like playing a druid and D and D that type of stuff. The last time we played Michael, you me and we played Tim not too long ago, mm-hmm. but before that it had been quite a while. And I was like, I just kind of want to play with the jungle elves again, even though I've played with them 70 times. I want to use them again because I love them so much. But I went with someone else. Yeah. I did too. I went with someone I hadn't played before, but I kind of was like, well, I want to use these guys. But like, man, I've played with them so many times. But but I like that because how I usually play it is, well, you know, I give them faction out, play, and I want to play with them again right away a few times. And it's such a short yeah. game. It's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, you, you can play bust a game. out a few games. So in a get row. maybe two, three games in. Once I do that, then like, all right, now I want to move on to something else. Try a, a different one instead mm-hmm. of like, I don't want to play it to death thirty times. I want to get a few. All right, then I next time I want to be something else. I haven't even played them to death. I'd play the jungle all the time. <laughs> play them to death, but I play them. <laughs> I could play them right now fifty times in a row, probably. <laughs> so yeah, like you mentioned, Tim, some of the cons. I don't see it as a con. It can be frustrating. That's like the one frustrating part of the game is some of the dice rolls when in critical moments. It goes against you, and it's like repeatedly. But yeah, but the what kind of you know for me like for me this type of game that doesn't really bother me um, because it's that you know battle and it's and it's one where also you hit more often because it's you know three to six so yeah I like it then more than if you had to like all right you're rolling one to six only a six hits and you just over and over and over and over you can (laughs) never get a hit like this you typically get a lot of hits but but there is that luck where you're like roll three and you miss all three like oh man yep. <laughs> that sucks it feels good when you get a clever play where like you play an event or and com or units or combo them together to like kind of surprise your opponent and get some, yeah. get some surprise hits on the summoner and then they kind of get away mm-hmm. yeah they're chasing them down played you know i don't remember what faction was but you know back when we played a ton you know like you get that perfect combo where you get the right you know right guy in the right place and then you just keep beating them down yeah. and they're just it's like yeah i'm crushing you right now that you thought you had this but nope yeah. i and, got my guy out and even when that happens you can still come back like he could get mm-hmm. a you know I, maybe he's got a trick up his sleeve too i know we had one game tim i think i was the shadow elves i think and like you got my summoner down to like nothing like pretty early, early. Yeah, yeah and like 
you had a couple rolls where you had like one dice roll on them and you, you missed a couple times. So but I, like, I had a shot at killing them. Yeah, but I just had I had ways. I don't remember how it even worked out, but I had ways of getting away and coming in and hitting you, like poking <laughs> away at you slowly, <laughs> and like I could just see the like the. Yeah. Not like you weren't mad, but like the uh, frustration. I'm so close. I'm right yeah. there. Like, why and doesn't like, it just? <laughs> I kept just weaseling my way yeah. out of it. So, so that game was a lot of fun. Right. Back and forth. But yeah, I got to. Uh, we want to get to our final thoughts. Well, I, first, um, Ryan, I obviously know what your favorite um, faction is. What's your favorite? Man, is it like the Swamp Orcs? What Swamp Orcs have the vine walls? What faction with uh, Gerblog or whatever? His yeah, name that's that's that the, is a swamp. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty cool name too. Gerblog. I, <laughs> I think the other one is like Muglug or something like yeah, that. Yeah, blum blum. those are probably my favorite because that that was when we made that league. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was my faction, so I was using Gerblog a lot. He was pretty rad. You got to pronounce it like you're underneath a pool and you're basically speaking yeah, through the water, kind of thing. That's a lot and of good memories playing that. I know league thing, like the bidding for the. <laughs> the <iron. laughs> he bids like some ridiculous. Just to get his uh, fire get out. Phoenix yeah, elves. Yeah, he won't let anyone else have it. And... So, I would say them just because I've played them so much, and Ryan, I'm kind of like you, where I really don't feel like I've overplayed that faction either. They kind of like have a spot in my heart, you know. Like yep. it's almost okay. sentimental. You know, like the back of your hand, and because always... yeah, I, I spent so much time, you know, grooming that deck, and like you know, getting <laughs> yep. building that faction. It. Yeah, yeah really just kind of learning the learning that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of uh, that's my okay. Gerblub is my, my <laughs> guy. Blub. Yeah, nice, nice. You, Michael? Um, I don't tell me the benders. Why? Why uh, not the benders? Uh, those guys are the one. They got the frustrating. No, they're the ones that like they can control your units and they oh, can. Yeah. Those guys are super ratty. They're pain in the ass to go against. They're still <laughs> yeah. fun to. I like those. I like them a lot. <laughs> that might be it. Like I like the. If I only play them once in a while, the guild dwarves. Those they're, they're cool. I mean, they're I, all, I like those, yeah. but they're a little like too stationary for me to like to play them all the time because they got a lot of those. Yeah. those ones that they, stay like, in the build same spot. And just, yeah, yeah. So I like those. I. Play them two or three times, and then I don't want to play them for like a month. Yeah, or but something there's such a different more. play style. I mean, yeah. a lot of the factions are, but they play so much different. Sort of the benders. Those um, two are probably my favorite ones. To the use. filth are a really unique one too. Yeah, those, those guys are, are pretty fun rare, to play. Yeah. They're the mutants and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're gory looking too. Yeah, pretty there's cool. like arms coming everywhere and yeah, pretty grotesque looking cards if you look at yeah. them. I like the sand goblins. There's so many of them. I really, I think my least favorite probably is the phoenix elves to play <laughs> as because they have a lot of those units that do auto damage, and to me that just is out of the spirit of the game. It's yeah. not as much boring for you to play too. You don't have that excitement. For yeah. me, like the, I usually don't like dice rolling like that, but like in this game, I lay because it adds that excitement to it. Yeah, sucks when you when you miss at a critical point, but. <laughs> It's. I was looking. I think I was gonna play the Sand Goblins last time. I was looking through some of the uh, champion units. One of them he got. So typically, a good champion I would say is like three to five dice is like kind of your common. You have some with lower and more, but the one guy got like nine dice. But his ability, you know, was a negative ability because he's so many dice. It was minus one die for every common unit on the battlefield. So late game, he's probably gonna be super good. Yeah. But yeah, it's just interesting looking at all the hmm. different. So, final thoughts. Well, my final thought 
of Summoner Wars Master Set Alliance mashup. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. Uh, as we talk about this game, it makes me just want to play it more and more. Start that league up again. <laughs> we have more time. <laughs> yeah, I would love to get Gerbla back out. But um, <laughs> yeah, it to me, it's just an awesome you know two player kind of tactical game. You know, rolling dice, just kind of having fun with it, playing those um, the events on each other. And then, like I said before, I really like how the magic pile works, how you can ramp that up and everything. Um, so really, my rating is somewhere between a 9, 9.5. I think initially I had a 9 written down, and as we talked about it, <laughs> and it's like, I really love this game. It might be a 9.5. So somewhere in there, I'm just going to... Well, I've had that time, you know, those times too, when I have a, I have a number, like, this is what I rate it, and then during our conversation, it goes either up or down. Yeah. <laughs> Seniors go down. <laughs> yep. You just see me, you know, yep. I think it might have went down twice that one game. Like, like I had crossed it out, yeah. yeah, I'm going down 4.5 to 4, now it's a 3.5. And it's, it's one of those games, too, you know, as, like, we talked about it, we have so many memories playing it, just so many experiences with the different factions and the different events and different stuff that happens it's just one of those games that just really just gets me amped up what would you rate gerblob on the summoner scale of one to ten yeah he's like an 11 he's <laughs> a bullish is my favorite one jungle elves oh is that okay i'm trying to remember the other one's name it's like Nakuya Na, or uh, it's been so long since I played them, but I could still. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's bust You're going to play that it. really soon, aren't you? Yeah. As long as I get to play the game soon. So, with this game, I always fluctuate with this game, kind of like you, Tim. Um, I would give it somewhere between a 9 and a 10. I think oh, I'm going to give it a 9.5. You know, I we kind of played it out a little bit for a while, down to a 9, but then I played it again. I'm like, okay, this is great. Nine and a half, ten. You know, so it's right in there. Yeah. It's a great game. Um, if you're not into lots of dice rolling or conflict, stay away from this one. But if you're looking for a two-player game, plays in an hour, thirty minutes, a tactical, you know, combat skirmish game. You want that miniatures game, but you can't afford it or or don't have the time for it. Yeah, pick this up. Yeah, and if you don't like to paint or you know put Assemble the miniatures together, stuff. I mean, this is a miniatures game basically in a this box. Is, that, this is basically yeah. my miniatures game. Yeah, for me, it works out because I'm not into that part of the yep. hobby so then this i get the play style that i really enjoy mm -hmm. so yeah great game yeah it's i i like it this isn't a typical game that i love to play i'm not in, you know into the whole miniatures a whole lot in that um but again like you said this is that type of game without the miniatures but it's it's a really exciting you know fun game every time i you know i was like oh, i kind of want to play that again or you you know it's real quick play i mean it's it takes some time if you're putting your deck together it takes a little bit of time but the actual playing of the game like should be done within half an hour or so but yeah really like it i'm gonna give it a, a solid 8.5 nice that low it's not really his style I, of game I, at all I, so not really my cup a, of tea but a high rating for <clears throat> yeah for in a light game too like light games typically like yeah that's probably it's right up there my top top light games because um, i like some but to get that nine ten is right. That's that'd be really tough to have happen. Hey, so you guys, there's a convention, kind of a big one going on, pretty soon. You guys know which one that uh, that one is? I've been hearing something about it. Essen. Yeah, it's over in Germany. Yep. So, with Essen looming, yes. 
Shall we go over our top five most anticipated games to close out the episode? Yep. So when this airs, Essen will be happening. It'll be the Friday of Essen. Okay. So we, think... we will not be there. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not this year. Um, so if you guys could pick one to go to, Essen or Gen... Because Essen's the biggest one in Europe, and Gen Con's the biggest one in the U.S. Which, for board game conventions, which one would you pick? Take apart, like... It's super easy for me. I'm picking Essen because I okay. want to go to Germany. Anyway, well, to like I was just going to say, it a whole trip. <laughs> you're spending the whole time at the convention. You Don't pay attention to location, how you're getting there, any of that stuff. It's just you could warp there, and you're in the convention area the whole time. Which one are you picking? Michael? Oh, I, what's I won't answer? let my brain not <laughs> relate those, so I'm going to pick Essen for that Okay, reason. so Tim, <laughs> do you have some sort of good response well <laughs> no not really because i don't really have an answer for that because obviously i've never been to gen con or essen so i can't really so my question was the two. <laughs> which one would you rather go to i want to go to both of them though okay I think you so, have to take the whole experience and with it yeah it, to make a decision otherwise okay you're sh- taking out the experience shitty answers by both of you <laughs> so with i'm I'll just go on Michael's boat because just go with if, the yeah. question I asked. <laughs> if damn it, it's going to be Ryan's Roundtable 3.0. That's going to be my question. Because if I'm going to Essen, I'm traveling to Germany. I've never been yeah I, over to Europe, so I'm that would be pretty awesome. sure I'd rather go to Germany so, than Indianapolis, Indiana. So Essen's my pick. There we go. I would go. Good, the, well, good pick, Michael. If I'm going by your guys' criteria, yes, I agree. If I'm going by the question that was asked, I'm also going with Essen. But that's not the question I heard. Well, another thing, like, even if you take all those adventuring there and getting there and doing other things while you're there, while you're at the convention, you're going to see, more, like, a bigger variety of people. There's more, you know, people that aren't American there, obviously. There's, you know, people from all kinds of different countries because it's easier to get there than to get to the U.S. So that's yeah. a part of it is you get a different experience. I think it's going to be more of a different experience than going to Origins just by it being on a different continent. All right, so I was starting to regret <laughs> asking the question. Michael saved it a little bit there at the end. Yeah, he really came through. By kind of answering. Um, I would go with Essen because <laughs> it's more my style of game releases. Um, I like both styles, but I would pick Essen because it's more you're you're buying the games. Both of them aren't really playing conventions, mm-hmm. you know, where you play games. But I'd go with Essen. So, anyways, let's get into it. Well, one thing is, how did you? pick your top five is it just games that are there is it games that are releasing there or i went on board game geek which is a great database fantastic site they got some really good guilds on there ours in particular guild three four seven one heard that's a really really great guild yeah Um, should all be a part of it so they have a geek list basically all the game each publisher all the games that are releasing there or maybe they're They've been out for a little while. You can get them, or um, they're kind of previewed there. Mm-hmm. They're coming out down the road. So that's the list I went by, which is a very, very, very long, extensive list. I actually did go through every game as of oh, like a couple God. days ago. So <laughs> How many were there? Like Was it over 1,100, I, it, I think, last It took last like I three saw. minutes for my computer to load up <laughs> the entire thing. The first time it crashed, the second time it did load it all up, and I was like... Scroll, yeah. scroll, scroll. So what I did was I, there's a handy little toolbar 
on that uh, oh, you peak list. Some stuff. Sort because you can yeah you could filter you could sort it. Uh, so you could fill. I one, I went through just regular alphabetical. The next time I did it, I filtered by, or uh, I sorted it by um, how many thumbs it was given by the community. Okay. So it showed me kind of the hot game. So I went through and scrolled through a couple hundred pages okay. of that. So um, and then from there, what I would do is I would hit if I'm interested or not interested. So then when I go back to the list later. It would show me, oh, here's your 20 items that you found interesting, and then I could do more, more in-depth okay. looking into and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, I kind of did, you know, look at all the games, but what ended up happening is I had too many games that I liked, so what I narrowed down a little bit. So I looked this morning, you know, from my list of which ones, like, you can just, you know, order it you know at the store kind of anywhere like at cool stuff or i look at you know board landy or something like that if you can get them now like when we're, we're recording this a couple weeks before it's comes yep. out um but as if a couple weeks before Essen, if the games are already released like paladins of the west kingdom is out um you can buy it now i didn't include those okay so ones that maybe they've had you know a kickstarter so you, you know people will have them or you know a limited release maybe those I included, but just not if it's been a full release because I just had too many games. To yeah, I, down to I five. included all of it as long as you know it's a really recent release. Yeah, but that's what I did. But anyways, jumping into it, too many games I just didn't want to get rid of. Yeah, <laughs> my number five is a game that is for sale, and that is by Quinted Games. Um, the designers are Antonio Tinto. I'm going to butcher all these. Uh, Stefano Luperto and Echitoka, and then uh, Flaminia Brasini and Virginio Gili. I think I think you nailed them all, Ryan. Perfect. <laughs> Good job. So, anyways, the name of the game is uh, Terramara. Um, the last two designers, Flaminia Brasini and Virginio Gili, are the designers, or some of the designers from Grand Austria Hotel. Coimbra, Lorenzo, Il Magnifico. So I'm looking forward to it. It looks like it has some unique worker placement. Your workers actually mature over time. Not like Zulkin, but you can kind of look at it that way. You know how the farther the wheel goes, the more they'll bring back. So okay. it's got a unique way of your workers and that kind of thing happening. I want to say the artwork was from Michael Manzel. I can't remember now, but I, I believe so. I think uh, and this is actually the last one that got cut from my list. It looks real solid to me. Um, I'm really interested to see how the gameplay works. You're kind of developing your clan, um, exploring some lands and trading with villages, things like that. I think it's one that you would actually you'd enjoy, Tim. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, and I do like the, the flipping because the, you can flip your character from adolescent to adult and the, the worker placement part of it. So like it starts with that, that top row that will the board will actually flip to a new side. And if you had your workers on there, they'll come back. Yeah. So like if you put your workers lower, they're not going to come back until it gradually works its way down until more of them are flipping. So that was kind of cool, pretty unique. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, it's got some unique things about it. So I, I want to play it and see like, does it, work well together you know does it yeah. flow yeah. Mm -hmm. it's got a few of those tracks too that you're going down with your carriages yep. and yep. canoes military yeah, so it's always a sucker for that so what's your number five tim so that was my number five terramara what do you got tim 
My number five, it is Conspiracy and Abyss Game. A what? An Abyss Game. An Abyss Game? Oh, and like the... Yeah, yeah, the, like the Abyss Universe. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Conspiracy and Abyss Game. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so... Is it the same artist? Uh, I don't believe so. It would have been your number one, I think, then, if it was the same artist. No, Xavier Colette. It, it's very similar. If you look at the art style, it's... Yeah. They, well, they got to keep that same. Yeah. It, it, strong it, point. It looks really good at, as far as art-wise. So it's supposed to be kind of a lighter kind of game where you... From what I understood, you draw some cards, you're going to play a card, and you're almost building kind of a pyramid um, in a sense. So you're the lords that you're drafting. Okay, is it like intrigue between these different factions then because it's a conspiracy? Or... I'm not exactly sure what okay. the conspiracy comes from. Um, I'm not sure what the special abilities are on these lords that you're putting into your little pyramid. Um, and then basically once you complete your pyramid it triggers end game and stuff like that uh, and then i think the cards that you don't take they go into a common pile and you can grab those and add them to um so just kind of it basically made the list just because of the name alone in a sense and the art nice. um so i'm definitely <laughs> is it designed by bruno Cathala? i believe so yeah okay yep cool so yeah it's one i interested to learn more about okay that's obviously one of those that I was scrolling and I just, you know, scrolled right past because right there's no way I'm going right. to take in it. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. Yeah, same thing with me on that. <laughs> well, my number five is a game by Federico Pierlorenzi and Daniel Tishini, um, who did Teotihuacan, <laughs> Zolkin, Mark Polo. That is a game called Trismegistus which I'm sure I pronounced correctly, but Trismegistus, The Ultimate Formula. It's kind of a... I'm going to jump right in here. This is my number four. Okay. <laughs> so I'm right after. So this is a a dice drafting game, um, but it's not, you know, it's not, doesn't have pips on it. There's different, different symbols on it, and they're different colors. There's red, white, and black dice. Um, there's a lot of symbology in it. Dice give you a bunch of different actions, you know, different things you can do with that specific dice it's a you know heavier type game you know those dice allow you to do different things like transmuting and moving up tracks um there's cards that you're trying to get that you need to get resources to complete so you're kind of you know transmuting some of those you know what what you do have and you can copy other people's actions i think you know you copy a couple things during a round so there's a lot of that but yeah you know it looks like a you know pretty interesting game you know just by the theme kind of reminds me of Alchemist, although you're not really doing the same kind of stuff, but the theme kind of reminds me of that, which I was an interesting game for me. But, and they've, you know, he's got a lot of games out there that I really like. So, so yeah, that's number five. Trismegistus, the ultimate formula. Yeah. Getting into my number four. The, that's my number four. Trismegistus, the ultimate formula. Daniel Tassini, that's a big reason why. I like pretty much every game I play that he's designed. I mentioned him quite a bit. Marco Polo, he helped with Grand Austria, uh, Lorenzo Le Magnifico, Zulkin, a bunch of different, bunch of different games. But uh, like the box art looks, it looks kind of cool and kind of ugly to me at the same time. I don't know if you guys checked it out, but I don't remember. Okay, so what for the me, like. this is kind of that pick that you know in like the NBA draft get like that lottery pick where the guy is drafted 
based on his upside, okay. like his potential. Okay. This is that for me. I might not like this game, but I think there's a real good chance I could really, really like it. So it's kind of, um, yeah, I could, I could see that. I, like the, like the, I could, this could flop because it look, it looks just different. Um, it looks, it looks it confusing to me. Yeah, with the symbols on the dice, they're all like yeah, a little different. And there's, it's not like oh, just a little thing. Like they're a little bit complex for a, on a dice. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I really want to. I would play this before I would buy it personally, or I'd want to see. I know Heavy Cardboard just did a playthrough of it, but I'd want to watch a few videos on it because I don't know for sure. But I think this has on my list a real high upside. So it's that lottery NBA draft pick for me. Where I'm, I'm yeah, it would, would be one I want to play. But it, yeah, like the uniqueness kind of drew me to it, and I I did like the art on the board too, like those little uh those you know cylinders or whatever they were or the flasks yeah. and that um look kind of cool with the colorful um thing there so definitely yep. interested but it might yeah like you said it may not actually come together but All right, i should correct myself daniel tassini i was thinking luciani tassini did co-design marco polo and zulkin with him and he designed teotihuacan himself he didn't help with lorenzo Hill or grand austria so apologize oh, for great. the mix up there Nice catch. Don't let it happen again. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened many times. I just usually don't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to my number four. It is not that game. <laughs> uh, this is a game with a lot of hype behind it, and it is one that I definitely want to try, but I'm not sure about it, and that's Tapestry. So we had talked about it in a previous episode a little bit. Um, not that we've played it but just kind of our thoughts and concerns about it. So, again, one that I definitely want to try, and I'd like to see more kind of come out about it. So that's my number four. Yeah, it was one I, I definitely looked into. It's a civilization game, and it might be a... It doesn't... Like, I looked into it more, and it doesn't seem, like, super themed, Right, like it's not like a you're not going to feel like you do one you know, through the ages. It seems very thematic. This one's going to be less thematic, but I might like the you know mechanics and doing the things. Is this not, you're not going to feel? I don't think like a real civilization, more of you know kind of game right. for it. But that's not necessarily I mean that it's going to be bad. It's just not as thematic as some other ones. Uh, yeah. Um, I think the more I look into tapestry, the less interested I am. I don't think it's really a game for me, but. I'll definitely try it out. I'll probably end up enjoying it, you know, to mm-hmm. an extent. And I might end up really enjoying it. So, All right. Well, my number four, I forgot who who does this game, but it's uh, Ecos, the First Continent. Okay. Um, it's got you know, a bunch of you know some hexes. That's out already. I thought you oh, didn't put games. It's, you can't buy it. No, he did. Can't buy it in the U.S. or something. Yeah. yeah it's like I said. It's he broke one his that's, own rule. <laughs> that's. <laughs> You know, you can get you know buy online anywhere now, and you can't. Yeah. I looked. Yeah, so yeah, can't. yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, but it's sold out. No, it's not sold out. I I searched and they they don't have it for sale. Like you can't go to cool stuff and buy it, unless I'm spelling ecos wrong. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just assume. But that. anyways, it's a um, you know kind of you know starting out the world kind of thing where you got these hexes, different land types. There's desert jungle and water um there's a bunch of different animals um that you're gonna be playing out there but you have a i think you have a ton of cards in your hands you have like 15 20 cards that you start with 
And so it's a little, yeah, I think it's one of those where initially those first few times is probably going to be a little bit overwhelming with all those cards, but you're, you know, kind of playing cards down and basically what you're doing, there's different resources that you need on the side of them. And you're basically, you're drawing out of a, some tiles out of a, a bag to see what resources they are. What I like about it is if it's a resource that you can use, you can put it on the side of your card. And once you get them all, it activates. What I like about it is if you don't get what you want or can't use the resource, you have a you know little card or whatever that you can rotate. So after you rotate it either, either two or three times, depending on what you want to do, you get a benefit. So you're not losing, you know, sometimes you may be able to use it, but you'd prefer to, you know, turn your card and get that benefit. So it takes, you know, there's some luck as far as what you get, but it mitigates it because you're still gaining something each time something is pulled. And you can use a lot of the cards several times, but then there's better cards where there's someone they can only use once. Some you can, a lot of them you can use four times. Some you can, like the most powerful ones are you can only use once. And some of those can be, it can be a little bit ratty, I think, but you know, say there's a shark that goes around and eats things, but you know that card is out there. So you can see how oh, it's a red card. Those are one-time things. Those are dangerous ones. So you kind of, you can, so you know it's coming. So it doesn't like just a surprise all of a sudden when that happens. And then it is something where maybe you don't want to do it for the first game, but there is a, a drafting of all the cards. So I think that'll be, after a few games, that'll be really cool once you can, can do that drafting. So you can kind of put together and, and combo you know and bring out this shark and do all these different things and then oh boom you know got got me a ton of points so i can combo together kind of build that i like the art is awesome so yeah that. yeah yeah uh it's one i'm really interested in playing i think this was on my gen con preview list i believe maybe it was my honorable mention i can't remember so yeah so my number three is kind of that draft picked um <laughs> where you got the foreign player from like you, the NBA, you know, you draft on that guy from Europe. He's got a different play style. You know, he's you're not exactly sure how he's gonna mix. Uh, he's got some new techniques that he uses. Uh, that is Cooper Island. Oh, okay. uh, that is for sale by Capstone Games. The designer, it's the same guy who designed Lagranja. Um, that's Andreas Odenhall or Ode. Had the developer uh, Victor Kobilki. He uh, helped develop things like Great Western Trail, Mombasa village so i think he's done a good job with those as far as helping fine-tune games so yeah it's the game where it's got that unique style is the game board how you set it up um you're kind of moving your ships around it's a real low scoring game um i think it looks really good like it's definitely a unique feel you know lagranja to me at least felt different than anything i had played you know i know he took inspirations from different things like the area control part was from luna and then some of the other stuff was from like a feld or rosenberg game but yeah looks good to me i pre-ordered it from capstone games i think or cool stuff oh did you i pre-ordered it pre-ordered it though so nice so yeah that's my number three cooper island yeah i like that it's kind of cool with the uh that tile placement where you're kind of stacking a bunch on top of you, so they're kind of it builds growing. up. Yeah, yeah so over it's the like game. you got four mountains on there, so you got four mountain resources. And yeah, at the end yeah. of the game, you kind of get that look, and you can see how you built up your hmm. area. And I think this this one is a pretty looks like it's kind of a low scoring where you're not getting hundreds of points. Yeah, There's not a few much. things where you just so every point's kind of a you know pretty important thing. Like 
I think you know, win with twenty points or something. Twenty like points that. is kind yeah. of a common. Yeah, it's so like that's that's kind of cool too. You know, when you get points, you move kind of your ship along. You know, two different ways that you can move it. So yeah, that one looks really interesting. You know, now we just got to you know see whether that's going to end up being like a Dirk Nowitzki or maybe a Darko Milicic. Yep. I think it's more of a Dirk, but you know, I guess we'll find out. Guys <laughs> <laughs> <Those> are dumb. <laughs> you love it. Well, I'm not really an NBA fan. So, anyways, my number three, it was one of those games that I feel like it's been out, but it was on this list, <laughs> and it said it was being released in English. Okay. Um, so, because if it's on that list... It's on the SN Geek list, it counts. It's on there, so that was Escape Plan. Okay. So, I... Yeah, that's weird. It, I, I was surprised it was on there. It was I, I like, mean, it's... One of their newer releases, so that right, you know, they're probably showing it off and they're trying to sell. Because I think, I I was thinking maybe it was something to do with because it was like a Kickstarter, so a lot of the copies that are out there now are the Kickstarter, so maybe it's just now hitting kind of a wide, wider distribution at least. So maybe that's why it hit the geek list. But hey, it's on my number three. It's um, it's a game that I've been interested in in a while. I like the theme of it. And then after playing uh, Lisboa and kind of seeing how the that kind of works, and that's a lot heavier than this one, so maybe I'll like this one more because it's kind of the lighter Lacerda game. So that's my number three, Escape Plan. Yeah, I think the theme of this one is really cool. You know, I I don't think it's quite like it, but I get like Reservoir Dogs, you know, going in my head and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, when you first started saying that, I was like, oh boy, is he picking like Viticulture or something? Like it's somehow <laughs> it's somehow on the list, and he's just shoehorning this in somehow. No, it, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely like to try it out though. My number three is a game by Tommaso Battista and Simone Luciani, um, who Zolkin and Marco Polo, I believe he's in on. Um, but that is Barrage. I'm kind of have. This is out. You can't it's, buy it in the stores. <laughs> I saw it at the store the other day. Was it a used copy? <laughs> no, I, I didn't see it. I was just. Yeah, I, I, and it's been released, like either a limited release or I don't know if it's Kickstarter oh, or what. So but... it's been released. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Come on now. <laughs> but um, it's water going down. You're you know, kind of you're trying to dam up the water, you know, and, and then put that through some, I think it's conductors to get to a power plant. But. You know, it's a game that seems like it might be a little ratty uh, because, like, well, you build this and then someone, like, cuts in there and diverts your water so it doesn't go there anymore. So, yeah, but there's a there's a lot of interaction in it, which we'll see what I think about it. But it, I'm really interested to play that one. I think it's one I want to play for before getting it to see, it, you know, if it feels, like, mean just for the sake you can't do anything about it or, you know, how much you can avoid those bad things happening to you, but I like the I think that resource wheel is kind of cool, where you put those, you know, put your workers on it or tiles and that on it, and then you can either move it or place more things to move that wheel. And once it gets all the way around, then you get those workers back or the, those tiles back. So that's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my number three barrage. I'm gonna start off by saying I have. Not really any interest in playing this game. If you buy it, I'll try it, but I'm sure I'm going to hate it. Will you actually be excited to play it? No, I'll, I said I'd try it. Okay. But I'm disappointed in you, Michael. We had a magical moment at game day. 
and then you put barrage on your list I think I right. think so a, this <laughs> a is, connection is dying here. We're <laughs> one of my honorable mentions. I want to play this game really bad. This was on your origins list, I think. Yep. Yep. Talk to uh, Luciani there a little bit about the game. I look at it as the interaction, you know, it's these companies duking it out for a very valuable resource or commodity, which is water. Um, I think I'm really going to enjoy the cutting off aspect and this and that it's part of your strategy it's not just for the sake of it it's for your own benefit i can't wait yeah, to play you're not it. doing it it's not you know we're doing something to hurt someone and i mean there's going to be a reason you do that to help yourself to get that water to you yeah i'm yes. thinking there's going to be things i really like and there's some things i won't like about the game but i think overall i will enjoy it i mean we'll see if i ever get to play it i'm hoping you pick this one up at some point michael because i don't um, mean aaron both want to give this one a go. I hope you yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm hoping it's something that I can, you know, get in a game of it sometime and play it before buying it, but I may just end up getting it. We'll see. I know, Tim, you're really hoping this gets played. Or bought. <laughs> bought, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really... I'll pick it every every game day for you. Can't wait. So my number two, I'm going to stick with the theme I've been going with here. You know, you get that NBA draft. Okay. So this is... This team had an awful year. It's not really a good draft this year. Um, they're looking forward to next year. They're already probably going to be bad next year, so they're tanking next year because this game's not out yet. So that player isn't available yet, but he's definitely one of the going to be one of the top picks for the next year. He's a lottery pick. You know, he's coming in. He's going to be in college. He's going to be a one and done. They're going to try to get him in the draft. That is Perseverance by Mind Clash Games. Kickstarter starts, I think, in spring of next year. It could be delayed, you know, but okay. that's when they're thinking they're going to launch a Kickstarter. Yeah, I am am wary of a couple things. So I love Mind Clash. I like their art. I like their games. I like the theme that they bring into their games. I uh, hear it's episodic. I don't think you have to play them. Like, I won't know. I'm going to look into the Kickstarter, so I'm not sure if I'm going to back it yet. I'm going to look more into it, but I think it's episodic. I hear that it can be played on its own. Um, I think they compared, you know, it starts out at like a, a mid-weight game, the first game, okay. and then each episode, and then it ends up, the last game ends up heavier than Anachrony or Tricarian. They kind of compare it to like Tricarian with the new expansion stuff or I can't, something like that. it's going to be the heaviest game they have by the end of it the start of it it's going to be their lightest game but still medium weight to start out hmm. get progressively uh, it's got dinosaurs in it I love dinosaurs yeah it's got a lot of potential but I am wary so I'm going to definitely look into this game quite a bit when it hits Kickstarter I hope there's some playthrough videos or else I probably won't back it because I just don't know and it's if it has to be played campaign style, I probably won't get it because it's just tough for us to get out. So if it can be played, you know, right? each one is fine if you're not playing with the same people. I'm hoping that's the case. So that's my number two, Perseverance. Yeah, I didn't really look into this one, so I I don't have really anything to add. Yeah, neither did I. I wasn't, uh, wasn't really aware. It was one of those because there's so many. Yeah, I just... And if it's going to be kickstarted next year sometime, it's just something that didn't hit me. Yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm already tanking. Right through it. I'm tanking for next tanking year. Tanking for next year already, <laughs> huh? 
Well, my number two, Ryan, I want you to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're sitting down for okay. this one. Uh, it is a game that is designed by your man. Uh, my pants, napkin pants already blew off. <laughs> <laughs> it's designed by Alexander Fister. Okay, so I didn't oh, see man. this game. You didn't? I didn't see this one. What is it? <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Mary Kaibo. Mary Kaibo. It's just weird that it's your number two. Really? Why? Well, you don't like Mombasa. I guess he's two for three. Yeah, he's two for three. Yeah. Okay. So take the, it back. The, <laughs> Sir Alexander Fister. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I saw he's in it. it was that it said it made reference to the card play. So does it? Do you know? You might know more about this game than I do. But does it have like the card play like Blackout and Mombasa? No, it's not like that. Uh, it doesn't have like the discard hand management. Oh, it doesn't. Thing. Okay. No, so I don't know tons. The rule book is out. I didn't read it yet. Um, so the card play is kind of it's. He says it's similar to Terraforming Mars, not like the same, but just there's tons of cards in the game, and you have different options with the cards. You can use the cards to deliver them for goods you can use cards to there's different options you can do with the cards a lot of different things okay and it's it's got some fighting but it's not really fighting it's um, basically moving up some tracks to gain influence in a certain um say it's like the spanish you know or say it's the english okay getting influence in them which is then victory points at the end of the game. You can look at that as similar to the shares in Mombasa. It's not really a share. I mean, this might drop it off your list, but kind of <laughs> kind of that fashion. So, because when I was going through and I saw it and I was reading the description, it alluded to the card play similar to his other games. So that's what made me think it was going to be okay. closer to the card play of... Yeah, it's not like the discard hand management like those no well regardless i'm still excited to try it interested in it so that's why it's my number two i ended up not having on the this on my list because i didn't look into it all i knew ryan it's sir alexander fister so i'm gonna play it and i didn't look into it at all besides the name (laughs) and then i just didn't look into it so i can't find my list because i know nothing about it that's terrible but if I would have looked on the list, I'm betting it probably would have been been on there. <laughs> but I didn't do it. I know I'm disappointing my brother. He might uh, your your mindset for this list is just all over. <laughs> yeah, he's he's flopping. He's if saying it's, if it's released, but, yeah, then the, then half of these have yeah, been released. released. It's like but Aaron. This, he's going like back I said. On. Like the the release was very specific. It was if you can get it, you know, mass, you know, get it anywhere, versus like. You've got you know Kickstarters and limited releases. Said that to start. So you're still flopping around, and now well, apparently I'm this changed. didn't make the list because of Ryan. Because I didn't look knew, into it. He didn't look. He intentionally didn't look into it because he knew it'd be on my list. It was list. intentional. <laughs> well, that you were, would get it. Like, there's no question you're going to get the game because it's you know it's Sir Alexander Fister, so you have to. It's just a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, my number two 
It sounds like he had enough games he wanted to talk about, so he wanted to talk about this, but he already knew it would be talked about. So, Or it's on his list, and he's just saying that. <laughs> There's a lot of games. It was tough getting down to five, so I had to make some, uh, make some cuts. So I didn't even look into it because I knew he was going to have to make cuts. <laughs> well, my uh, number two is uh, Cooper Island, which we've discussed already. So, Wow. I'm just going to go ahead and leave it at that and move on to the... Uh, to the number ones. All right, so my number one might surprise you guys. I bet it probably does, yeah. Yeah, so you, you called it. Um, So this is kind of that, like, no-doubt lottery pick <laughs> for the NBA draft. You know, it's going to be a sure thing. <laughs> now, I'll probably regret saying that. It'll end up being a flop, and then Tim's going to put out a little <laughs> So you feel this is like Shaquille and you're like, you're going to pick Sha- Shaq with the yeah. first pick. I'm going to – this game for me – is going to be a 8.0 or higher. Or I'm going to be very <laughs> disappointed. I'm stripping him of his knighthood. It's gone. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa. whoa. Man. So, but uh, those are that's those are strong words yeah, there. It's all that's... all exaggeration aside, um it's Mario Kaibo, you know, I pre-ordered this one as well. You know, Alexander Fister, medium to heavy, medium heavy game, you know, that's right in my ballpark. It's kind of my favorite thing. It seems kind of like it's got that big mashup of like mechanics going on kind of like great western trail where there's like a bunch of different stuff and hopefully it fits together like that i don't know if it's gonna i might not end up liking the game um, i'm not gonna guarantee it like aaron with uh <laughs> it's not your favorite game adventure. yeah i'm not predicting it's my favorite game already but you can, I, you can. I know you want me by to. all means just say it <laughs> so I'm hoping it's kind of just like, like say it, say it, say I'm it. I'm hoping it has like that good, just kitchen sink of mechanics that all fit together like Great Western Trail. I don't think it can be nearly that good because that's an amazing game. I'm hoping it's like on par with Blackout for me, which for me is a good solid game. I really enjoy. Very interesting. Well, my I number. Have, one. I have a feeling half of that's going to be taken out of context later (laughs) (laughs) why do you keep alluding to that i don't know what you're talking about anyways my number one it is another vatel lacerta game that's on mars really yeah space theme is space yeah space and i was just a little worried because lisboa you're kind of like you like it but you're not yeah i like it so it's one of those like okay i dip my toe in the water it was a little cold but it wasn't too cold so So it's like okay i want to start like Getting my leg in a little farther. See, so it's like my number four, that draft pick. That's you, the upside, the yeah. potential. Yeah, I think there's more upside than down. At least I hope. So that's why it uh, slotted itself in a number one. It's gotta say, it's kind of surprising. Oh yeah, I really didn't know what your list was gonna consist of. So I was interested to see. Dude, well, there's what you'd have there's on so much. Yeah. To scroll through on that geek list, it's, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're number two and number one. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Well, my number one is, is a game by is it? It's Eagle Griffin not Games. Available. It's Eagle Griffin Games. <laughs> it's uh, by Vitalis Serta with art by Ian O'Toole. It is on Mars. I feel kind of stupid. I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> I'm I guess because I kickstarted it. So how does that? So how is that di- like? I don't know because it was it was on <laughs> Kickstarter in like February. For me, I, I don't know. I, so here's my other just question. So yes, I'll I did. With what you're, I did. Uh, 
pre-order Cooper Island and Mary yeah. Kaibo, but they, I don't know, they just got announced, you know, not too long ago. I'm still confused. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing you did, Ryan. It was Michael. So this is a game you kickstarted. So you know we're going to play it at some point, but it still made his list. He's but, excited about but it. But Mary Kaibo doesn't? When I was starting to put the list together, I didn't know that he had gotten on Miser. I forgot that he did. And actually, you're one. I looked into. Well, I looked pre-ordered both. Well, maybe it's because I had looked into on Mars already, so I already knew something about it. I never learned anything about Murray Caribo besides the name and (laughs) the designer. I can't. Eh, I, I mean, you, you I get what I'm saying here. Yeah. It's just a he bizarre. He was all over criteria. the map on yeah. his excuses and yeah. his reasoning. He still is. <laughs> He's still was... trying to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't changed what I. Maybe the Maricaibo one, but you know the others were. Was, you could you could just see the gears trying to. Yes, consistent. Your Honor, I was speeding, but I was speeding because there was a red light and I wanted to get through it fast and. I remain consistent throughout. <laughs> it's it's a weird, you know, what what qualified it didn't, but it's opposing what throughout. you had said. Yeah, it does. Yes. It's not consistent at all because you said you didn't look into Mary Kaibo because you know that's Ryan's why I didn't gonna look pick into it. it. Well, he's yeah. sticking to his guns, but yeah. yet you know Ryan's gonna get I the other ar- two. I think but... what, what actually was I had already looked into it, so I already knew things about it before I started putting the list together. So I can't unlearn what I already knew about it. He's consistently not sticking <laughs> to his criteria. I'll give him that. I so change the criteria. Let's go with a few honorable mentions well, quickly. I, I was gonna mention a few things about on Mars. <laughs> <Okay>. That's okay. <laughs> so the, on Mars, what I, I it looks like a game where you're doing a lot of different things you know, a lot of things interconnected like it seems like you know with like Lisbon and that where there's there's buildings technologies there's you know upgrading blueprints and that like you're you're going to mars you can either be workers either on the surface or um, that's out in orbit what i thought was the coolest part is that shuttle like out in orbit or on mars and then later in the game it's going to be happening off or less often so you got to really time things right and I like how everything's interconnected where you need resources to get energy to extract water for plants to get oxygen f- to build shelters so that you know, people can breathe um, so that they can go in the mines and get resources back to energy. So I that's kind of cool how that works together. And I'm even, I would say, almost more excited to see the production quality in this sucker. My mine's probably gonna come in like just a <laughs> damage, just crushed completely. Yeah, but but a non-crushed version, I almost can guarantee, is gonna be pretty amazing. Yep. Whether it's gonna be Lisbon or good, we'll see. But it's, I bet you, it's up there. It's just how good is it gonna be? Yep. And I bet you, it's a complex game. Yeah, I'm thinking so. So some honorable mentions. Uh, Barrage was on there. Marco Polo two. It didn't hit my list because I played Marco Polo. You know, this is. It's his own game. There's some differences, but overall, it's the same game. So it didn't hit my list for that. Then I got a couple expansions, Anachrony, Fractures of Time. I didn't back this on Kickstarter because, to me, I haven't played Anachrony nearly enough as it is, and I don't even know if that game needs an expansion. I mean, it might be a great expansion, but the other one is Tricurion, Dalgar's Academy. It's kind of the same thing where I don't even know if 
I, well, I know I haven't played Tracarian enough for an expansion like that yet, but I might not even need one either. But I could both see them um, adding some really cool things to the games. But yeah. some honorable mentions for are me? these available? <laughs> um, well, for get to release, that. there's so. a, a couple of them, like ones that were. Did Ryan pre-order any? <laughs> some that have been released. <laughs> For example, Point Salad and Paladins of the West Kingdom were ones that might have made the list if they weren't have had a full yeah, release. Yeah, I really want someone to get Point Salad, or I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'll Anyways. probably get that one. It's it's a looks like a super well, simple yeah, that, game. That looks it looks like a lot of fun. Kind of like that sushi go party type. Yeah, thing. something you can bust out no problem. You know, real quick game, easy. But there's like still good decisions and like a bunch of different yep. cards to score with. So that one should be cool and. Paladins was just recently like that you can order at you know stores and that so, but so Aaron did there. get it. Um, yep. So it couldn't hit the list because of that. Yeah. Okay. It's so because you can, Aaron kickstarted no, it, but not it's because you? now like you can go on cool stuff and buy it, and you can't for those <laughs> other ones. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, the other ones were Terramaro was close, and then Flotilla was another one. I don't know what that one is. Um, I've heard of it, but I don't know much. I don't know a whole lot about it, but there's Spinderella. there's different rounds, <laughs> and like your, you can either uh, there's di- there's four different types of characters. There's different cards for each of them, but like one type gets you move on different rondelles. One you can move ships to get resources. One you're pulling tiles to get, I think different workers, and then one is production. I think, um, but you can like at different points in the game you can kind of flip your board to another side you don't have to but you can so instead of like and then you also flip all your cards over too and it plays very very differently when you do that um you know, cards and tiles and that um so the it's called the sky side when you flip it and then you're so the the initial part you're basically getting resources and the second part if you choose to go to that you're using those resources to build the flotilla so it seemed kind of cool like you know the the flipping of everything that you don't have to do but you can and playing so differently, like I don't know, this you know, and the different rondelles and things that could be kind of cool. Um, cool. Like to learn a little bit more about that one, but and then a couple uh, expansions, uh, the through the ages one, the heroes or the heroes. That's out though. Um, <laughs> is it out now? <laughs> digitally. Uh, okay, I didn't <laughs> digitally. I didn't count. No, not. I think uh, some. Okay. I think Essen is the, one uh, releases and the Heaven and Ale one is another one. The kegs and kegs and something. I don't know yeah. a whole lot about that one, but. Interesting to see if that's good, you know, something I might add. You know, yeah. Get that because I already have the, the base game. So So I got a few that I'll mention. Um, Black Angel. Looks interesting. It's cool. I, it's, want, I didn't really look into it yet, but I want to. <clears throat> it's out already, though, Michael. Yep, I so. know. That's why I didn't look into it. Uh, Dawn of Mankind. It seemed like kind of an interesting little game. You're, you're basically at the Dawn of Mankind. You have your little tribe. But then kind of how it works is you you start off on the, let's just say, the left side of the board, and there's like four actions you can take. And your workers start as children, so you can select what action they go on. Once you put them on an action spot, they're kind of locked in until somebody else takes that action, and it pushes them out the other side. And then it branches off and it shows you the next group of actions you can take. So you're kind of following this tree of actions and you could branch off. And then okay. um, basically you're aging your people, your workers. So the very last spot they go to, 
they're doing like cave paintings and they're kind of scoring points in that aspect. It just kind of seemed interesting, a little different. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd be big on the having my people on a certain track. Now, it seemed like it branched off enough where it could be a little different. It didn't make me think of Cytosis necessarily. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> but you worry. Yeah. I, I worry you that like... if, if it forces me to take certain actions. Basically, your might... next turn, you already... You have to do this. You don't but have a you, choice. But do you know if it's one where like you know what those actions are going ahead, or like you, and there's several branches out? So they're all random at the start of the game, okay. I believe. And there's multiple branches that you can go through. So it's not just like one it's shot random, But through. can you see what they all yeah. are? Okay. Yep. So I think that more is like like German railroads, Ryan, where you're choosing what path. I'm back in. This one, I think I'm out. You pull me back in. <laughs> That's... I mean, I haven't looked into okay. the game, but that's what I hope that it would be like. So it kind of feels like, all right, so you're planning ahead of time. Like, I want to do these things that way, so I'm going to go down this path. Yeah. So this game's going to be a big hit or a big <laughs> miss for me. Yeah, so big variety there. So we'll see. Uh, another one I think is going to be big there is the Paladins of the West Kingdom. I think the Azul game, I think that one's going to be a big hit. Oh, yeah, those are both like, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, so another... One I'll mention quick, uh, I didn't look super into it, but it was called Age of Dirt. So you have like these cave people that you're doing actions with, and it was just kind of funny what you do. Really into the caveman theme. Well, it just worked <laughs> Maybe out. Maybe caveman no. making cheese. cheese? Oh, Ooh, man. man got, oh, can you, you mention you that, Tim? There. Cheese caves? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Cave drawings of cheese? Yeah. Yep. So the thing that I thought was kind of funny, but it, I think it would just annoy me, you have like this little like worker placement tower, so you drop your workers into it, and if they drop out, then you get to take the action. But because uh, they're like cavemen, yeah, so they're kind of idiots, and they get stuck up in the mountains sometimes. So sometimes they don't fall out. So yeah. you might oh, take yeah. an action later. Yeah. yeah, that's why it was like, yep. Try it before you buy it, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't bring that to game. I, I don't expect to buy it, but it's one that I just kind of thought was funny, and I threw it in there, and. I might have to buy an escape room game. Escape from the Cheese Factory or what? <laughs> Panic on the Titanic. Oh, for Dom? Yeah, my my oldest boy yeah. is obsessed with the Titanic, and I saw that was one of the releases at That's SM, fair. so he would yeah. go nuts. Yeah. Pull out the kid card, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I know. So That's okay. Don't borrow it to me, though. <laughs> well, the escape room ones. Oh, those are the ones that you got to rip yeah, up. Okay. And oh, yeah, good. So. Okay. You guys, oh, just, cool. you guys just die at the end, right? Your son's just like, oh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on if they get on yep. that, uh, that we raft. We drowned. Or... Here you go, son. We're, yep. we're dead. Will you never let me go? Yeah, he's like, I'll never let you go as he lets you go. <laughs> that's all I got. Well, that's all for honorable mentions. <laughs> I feel like you're attacking him right there. <laughs> well, he listed like 10, 15 games. There's nothing wrong Three. with that. Azul and the well, Avengers. real quickly, I well, think still got mentioned. Cheesonomics. Well, it was a short list. It's only <laughs> Caveman One Hundred and One or something. <laughs> How many cheese games did you mention there, Tim? <laughs> At least four. You said you weren't going to mention any cheese games on this list. I couldn't help it. There's just some good ones coming. All right, so everybody, I think that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So if you're still listening, we think you're a dual winner. And you're if you're a dual winner, definitely a dual winner. You can hit us up with an email at dualwingames at gmail.com. Join the guild. We've mentioned it many times in the episode. 
boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. We need some five-star reviews on iTunes. They really help, don't they? Still looking at you, Yeti. <laughs> and we will see you guys in two weeks for another fantastic episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. And this one was pretty fantastic. Might uh, treat myself to a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> On next episode's Table Talk, we discuss game design and designers. We review Downforce and War of the Ring 2nd Edition, and we go back into the Board Game Geek Top 250 Games, 175 through 151. And remember, when you do a win, everyone wins. Yay! Nice. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah, it's going to be real good. A lot of cheese talk. Oh, and so this, go for the some, next one. Go for some string cheese. Oh, the next one's gonna be. I'm sure I'm Tim's hungry. gonna bring up some cheese I'm, in the next episode. I'm really hungry. I could go yeah. for some cheese, cheese curds, yeah. starberry string cheese. You know, you were you actually brought cheese that one episode we were eating. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. I like cheese. So you're you're, you're acting like I'm the only one here. <laughs> I never said I wanted a game about cheese. I'll play a game, but that's not like the theme I'm itching for. For me. I'm not saying it's a game or a theme that I'm itching for either. It yeah, was, it, it was lie. a theme that's not been used. You're starting to sound like Michael here with his Essen <laughs> list. You take, it. you take that back. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. All right, thanks for listening. What do you guys think about the theme for Lisboa? Usually, you do a little, like a little. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love how he jumped it again. <laughs> it wasn't as bad. He at least let me well, read the you, review. That's true. You're, you're, it, was, it was like five seconds. Yeah, I was yeah. like, well, I guess I'll jump in and talk. <laughs> I didn't listen to the episodes I was on. Jesus. When it's you gotta, other people's episodes. You got to listen. You got to critique. Yeah. I figure p- other people are going to critique me. Tell me wh- you know, when, I, when I suck. I can't tell, say everything you do sucks. I mean... <laughs> I always fluctuate with this game, kind of like you. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh, <laughs> you know, Alexander Frister, medium to heavy, medium heavy game. You know, that's right in my ballpark. It's kind of my favorite thing. I'm predicting it's my favorite game already. <laughs>